you and your fellow Americans at least $60 billion a year. Yo, 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 Wow. What up, fellas? <laughs> Welcome to Drinking Out of Micah's Face, dude. <laughs> Micah's face is just fucked up, dude. <laughs> Why? Are you fucking calling me out for having weird facial features? With yeah, this? dude, that's messed yeah, up. That's exactly what I'm doing. I'm fucking You know, this is an hard. audio podcast. So, like, how how is the audience going <laughs> to relate to what you're saying right now? Well, all Yo. they have to do is think about that picture that we have and just imagine Micah without a beard. Oh, true, true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Micah's face just... <laughs> yeah. just, just like yeah. looking at the camera and just... Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. Just like that. Yeah. yeah. All right. <laughs> well... Yeah, what's up? Uh, hey, my name's Raven. I am the guy that's going to be talking, and I'm followed by two other guys. <laughs> this one guy, we talked about him. He's got no beard. Name's Micah. What's up? <laughs> He's got no beard, but tons of asshole hair. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Big shout out, Damn, shout really out to my boy, Micah. <laughs> what's up? All right, all right. This Ryan, we out here, dude. Trimming our butthole hairs. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> diving into this episode. Well, yeah, you, you gotta dive in to 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 be able to you know swim. Yeah, in, dude. In the what, sauce. You're gonna be disrespectful co- and not trim your butthole hairs, dude. Fucking give some respect to your girlfriend, dude. Come on. This this belligerent <laughs> conversation goes exactly with our topic. <laughs> our topic today is gonna be alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> and as you could tell, uh, some of us have been doing some extensive research on this subject. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan has no excuse for his actions. He, well, I mean, he has COVID. So honestly, salute to our hero, Ryan. You're a true patriot for hey. showing up to the podcast today. Um, true, tier one patriot, dude. <laughs> I just leveled up from tier two to tier one because uh, I got the Kobe wovi And uh, fucking, yeah, dude. I stole that from the I mean, it's, it's 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 cool that you showed up, but like you really shouldn't have gotten on that plane like you do every single week to come see us for this uh with COVID. But you know. I know. He, I know. he literally shows up, no mask, starts coughing all over all the equipment in the studio. <laughs> so disrespectful. He's like, let's ranting record, about boys. I gotta fly they... out in the morning. I've <laughs> 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 been ranting the entire time about how fucking Bill Gates is out to get me and the government is I following know. me. <laughs> uh, I can't believe they let you on that plane with that fucking fake Vax card. Dude, I know. I, I, know. I didn't think it was going to work, but it, it worked. And I was just like, yo, dude, fucking America. Fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> I mean, now you're here, so <laughs> yeah. It. You know what, man? I I do what I can to make it to uh to make it to the podcast every week, uh, except for last you know two weeks ago. Um, but yeah, man, out here I got the COVID. I'm high as fuck off the COVID nineteen, and uh, you know sometimes you just gotta fucking send it, and I sent it, and I don't feel you bad about it, it so. <laughs> I feel bad for all those people that got sick because of you, but you know, they probably, <laughs> they probably people, drink dude. some alcohol to, you know, alcohol kills COVID, right? So. Yeah, yeah, dude, I actually mean, it helps your immune system. So I just got drunk as fuck the whole time. And then everyone around me, I was just, I was buying shots for everyone, dude. I'm helping their immune systems, dude. Fucking look it up. It's science. There you you, go. If you think about it, alcohol is what they use to clean hospitals, right? So yeah. if you're drinking it, that's technically cleaning out your system, like your, your stomach and everything. 
<laughs> and if you inhale it, if you smoke alcohol, if you get a dab rig and you smoke alcohol, you're cleaning out your lungs. Yeah, that's probably really good for COVID. Yeah, yeah. you're probably also cleaning out your closet. Well, actually, you're, you're fucking someone's cleaning out your closet because you're definitely dead after that. No, 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 no. no. People, people actually do vape alcohol. Yeah, yeah I mean, time. and Lysol, dude. Just ask Trump. Jesus Christ, what? <laughs> Dude, he literally said drinking Lysol will stop COVID. Like, he said that in a speech. Of course he did. That's our boy. Oh, dude, that's that's Trump daddy, dude. My boy, dude. I'm fucking 2024 out here after hearing that. Oh, I was already 2024, but, you know, <laughs> dude, just fucking going full send now, dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, God. All right, well. Next time I see you, you're just going to have a bottle of Lysol. <laughs> what are you talking about next time I see you? I'm in right in front of you, dude. I got the COVID-19 right in front of you, dude. Oh, true. Yeah. Uh, sorry. I broke the immersion. Dude, uh, you fucking <laughs> went. You broke the fourth wall. What the fuck, man? Anyway, longest intro ever. <laughs> <laughs> talking about alcohol today. Um, we're Wait, going to- fuck. I thought we were talking what? about something else. I didn't. I researched the wrong topic. Oh, really? Got him. Dang. No. Uh, oh. So, <laughs> Mike and I have idiot. been doing extensive research on this topic lately. Um. So, what we're going to be talking about ranges anywhere. Everybody knows this, but it's anywhere from vodka to sake to beer to absinthe to rum. Like, anything, you know, alcohol, the stuff you consume. We're not talking about anything like methanol or just ethanol alcohol. The stuff you drink. Is what we're talking about because there's tons of different alcohols. Actually, no, there's not tons. There's like what, maybe four or five? Oh no, I mean, yeah, there is literally tons oh, and was, tons, oh. hundreds of alcohols. Because really, all oh, alcohol was, refers to is a specific uh, chemical group. Yeah, it's a OH. Um, so there, like, literally tons of things are technically considered alcohols. However, uh, the one that we're talking about is just ethyl alcohol. Right. So ethanol. yeah. Slang terms you may you do know. This this episode is going to be a lot of st- maybe not stuff that you know directly, especially probably not the science. The science is going to blow your mind and probably scare you a little bit. But um, good. It's a it's a it's a lot of stuff that most people already kind of know general stuff about. You know, so alcohol is typically a colorless. Flammable liquid, it's a drug, it's an intoxicant that is a natural byproduct of uh, fermenting sugar, and it's probably the oldest intoxicant known to, like, man in general, or animal. It's been used since probably as long as humans have been bipedal probably before that if you believe in evolution then you know alcohol is well i mean alcohol itself has been around forever but it's probably been consumed by humans for as long as humans have been eating fruit essentially it's been used forever so (laughs) whatever it's been it's super old um so but let's dispel a couple myths about it really quick uh the first myth being that different alcohols affect your body differently so this is a big one that you hear all the time. If you go to a bar, a lot of people are like, oh, well, I can't drink whiskey because it makes me angry. Or I can't drink tequila because it makes her clothes fall off. <laughs> 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 Which, 
is true and it <laughs> isn't true. So oh. with with that, um, uh, so alcohol itself, ethanol, when you drink it, is going to interact with your body and your, it's going to react to your blood-brain barrier the exact same way every single time. Depending on what that alcohol is made out of, what it was maybe fermented with, like some people can't have certain beers because maybe they are celiac and it has wheat, so they'll have to get gluten-free beer. So there's there's instances, instances like that where maybe the quote-unquote alcohol you're drinking affects you differently. Uh, but when it comes to different alcohols reacting with your body different isn't true because alcohol is alcohol at the end of the day. Um, Myth number two is that sugary drinks are what give you a hangover. Uh, This is a huge misconception because alcohol is what gives you a hangover because it's a diuretic and a diuretic meaning it, it limits your body's intake of uh, water. So when you're drinking alcohol, you're pretty, it, it, no matter how much water you drink. Retention sure, of water. Retention of water. Yeah. Sorry. Like a, diuretics just make you pee more, essentially. Yeah. So it, it, you, you're drinking more water. It's going to help. But at the end of the day, what a hangover is, is you're incredibly dehydrated. And I'm sure sugar takes some effect with making it worse, but it's not what gives you a hangover. Uh, myth number three is that alcohol warms your body. You hear this one a lot. Uh, you know, people go uh, up. Ryan, you have a lot of experience with this. People go up snowmobiling. A lot of times they'll bring a little flask, like a, a little nip of whiskey. Oh, you know, a little flask. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll go with that. Yeah, sure. All right, a little flask. <laughs> yeah, no. Little people, flask. People will say like, oh yeah, I need this little little nip of whiskey to warm up. Um, Micah, you want to talk about why that's a myth? Um, yeah, sure. So, um, the, when, you know, when you ingest alcohol, uh, I think most people who have drank like a liquor of some kind, at least once in their life would say that, that, uh, feeling that you have when the alcohol, um, uh, you know, goes down your throat and whatnot, uh, kind of seems to warm you up. It almost has like a bit of a spicy kind of, uh, not so pleasant, um, you know, effect in your mouth and in your throat. However, once alcohol gets into the stomach, <clears throat> excuse me, um, the, the body will always stay at 98 degrees, right? And if you have a sickness of some kind, then maybe you're up to 100, 103, whatever, like Ryan right now. I mean, he's just fucking sweating balls in here. Um, no, he's heating up the entire room. Yeah, exactly. And, and I'm going to, we're both going to have COVID after this. But so the, the thing with alcohol is that, and any drug necessarily, um, once it gets into the stomach and and is being processed, there's no way that it's going to actually cause your body, like internal temperature to increase at all. It's just a psychosomatic response, meaning like a mental, uh, like a a mind-body sort of response to um, the effect that you first experienced when you drank it, where it had that kind of warming effect. Um, and again, as we've talked about, I think in previous episodes is like placebo is one hell of a drug, right? So if someone tells you that alcohol, uh, will warm you up, then you live your life thinking that it does. So yeah, I mean, uh, the homeless guy on the side of the street, um, you know, uh, my mom used to, 
say that she felt okay giving them money because she, if she could help them get warm, say they wanted to buy a fifth of whiskey or something, then she was cool with it. And I, I grew up thinking that, that like, oh, alcohol makes you, like, it like warms your body up or right. whatever. Um, and no, actually, what alcohol, I'll get into this a little bit more later uh, because it's a, it's a long-winded conversation when it comes down to the pharmacology of alcohol. But one of the biggest things with it is that alcohol does dampen most of our typical uh, autonomic uh, bodily responses, meaning like um, the things that we just don't think of, but we do. So like breathing, right? And our gag reflex. That's not something we think of having to do. We just do it. And so alcohol interferes with a lot of these processes. And again, I'll talk about it a lot more later, um, especially all the negative effects that come from that. Um, But essentially, yes, it it just kind of dysregulates the body a little bit. And it's very possible that certain people, like it really, a lot of this comes down to any drug we talk about comes down to the genetics of the person who's ingesting it, right? Like it's one drug isn't going to affect the same, like people the same way, right? Right. Um, and, and alcohol is a good example of that because most people would say that it affects them pretty similarly. Like we all we all could a- agree on what drunk feels like. Um, but when it comes down to the really like nuanced things like temperature regulation in the body, it is possible that, yes, yeah, certain people out there process alcohol in a way that their body ends up... Uh, inducing like a fever response. You know what I mean? Um, mm, so their their temperature may go up. But that is not at all what alcohol does to mammalian nervous systems. So like if you give alcohol to a bunch of mice or rats or humans in a study, th- that you're not going to see a significant result showing that it does this uh, body warming thing. So yeah. Right. And uh, yeah, there's some people that can take like one drink of alcohol and feel like they go into an instant hangover. Like alcohol yeah. feels different for everybody. And with that, another myth being that alcohol affects males, born males and born females the same. And this is not true. It affects the born male and born female body differently. And Micah, if you can explain that a little bit, that would be awesome. Yeah, so it really just comes down to... Um, the enzymes that we have in our liver. So um, some of you may not really know, but the liver is responsible for processing a lot of what we ingest um, orally, right? So um, after a drug or a food or um, whatever has gone through your stomach, it goes into the liver and it gets processed by a bunch of enzymes that break it down into various uh, different components, right? So um, the thing about women is they, I think, produce less of alcohol dehydrogenase, which is just an enzyme that breaks down alcohol. Um, and so, like, the, in a sense, what happens is uh, when it comes down to volume, right, um, a woman born female, right, is likely going to have less of an ability to process alcohol at the same rate as a male born male because of an enzyme in their body that processes it. So really like it it really, a lot of it comes down to volume and that's why you'll see a lot of recommended, um, you know, like how much alcohol is okay for me to drink. And there's recommended like lists of volumes, um, 
you know, one beer or uh, one glass of wine or, you know, something like that um, for women, born women and men, born men. So uh, it's just something to really like consider and take into account that, yeah, it, it is 100% a, a sex difference. There is a difference in the brain and in the body of people who are born women and people who are born men. Uh, and it really just all comes down to the enzyme that breaks alcohol down in the liver. Um, yeah. And so, so pretty much in the layman's terms of what you're trying to say is, if I'm not mistaken, that born women can consume more alcohol than men without getting drunk, right? Opposite. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah. I thought, I th- for some reason. Mm. I know. It's it's yeah. almost like a weird contradictory thing. Yeah. Because uh, the, 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 the situation with it is that like women, born women, I think a lot of the people, a lot of people would uh, agree that the body is a little bit smaller on average for a woman than a man. And they would say that that's why the alcohol isn't being processed the same way, but that's not true. Like it's, it's definitely close to it, but really what, what it comes down to essentially is that there's, we all have genes that encode for proteins and these enzymes are proteins and the genes that we have for say alcohol dehydrogenase uh, is going to be significantly different between men born as men than to women born as women. And the thing is, is that the women born as women just do not have, I think, as much alcohol dehydrogenase. I mean, like the idea is that they don't have the same capability uh, to process it volume-wise at the same rate, if that makes sense. So say a woman and a man drink um, a liter of beer together in one sitting, the woman, their liver is going to process that much quicker, in a sense, more effectively, right? The liver is doing its job even better. But that means that that person is now going to experience the, you know, uh, intoxicating effects of alcohol at a much quicker rate than they would, like, than the the man would, right? And so it's scary because that's the thing is like, if you're processing alcohol so quickly like that, it's very possible that you're going to get drunk really quickly yeah. off of a much smaller volume of, of an alcoholic beverage. So. I, I almost wonder if hmm. that's from literally centuries of, uh, and you know, I'm no expert on this, but uh, like males using alcohol so heavily to like go into battle or like, uh, you know, like pirates just, just chugging alcohol constantly. I think uh, just... Generally, through history, it's uh, definitely it seems like males have abused alcohol for every single reason. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah even the well, Greeks, so, well, even the yeah, even ahead. the uh, even the Greeks, they had like like the the elite males would get together and they would uh, like just dr- like drink and uh, have these like cr- just like have these like crazy debates and like would basically just have these like I guess not necessarily like meetings and stuff, but like events essentially where like the higher elite like males in like Greek society uh would just get together and just get fucking drunk and just do funny shit and like have right. debates so, and all sorts of stuff uh like that. So I would almost be willing to speculate that <clears throat> it's from thousands of years of what seems like males almost abusing alcohol more that caused their bodies to uh, essentially develop a way of not 
retaining as much alcohol and not metabolizing as much into your system and just kind of pissing it out, you know? I mean, that makes sense. As a, as like a a safeguard almost, it seems like. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. I haven't really thought about that before. Um, it's a really good point though. I mean, makes it makes point. sense. Like think about uh, like other animals, like the birds that develop longer noses to get further into the flowers in their area. It's a very weird way to compare the <laughs> male's liver to defend from something you're putting in your own body. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're pretty similar though. You know, I'd, I'd yeah. say, I'd say those yeah. are pretty similar things. <laughs> I relate myself to a bird quite often, actually. I was just telling I was just telling the homies the other day how I really I really resemble like a to a blue jay, honestly. Like, oh interesting. <laughs> I don't you know. see the resemblance, but <laughs> well, you, with it. all right, Micah, you, you I put out think, your wingspan. I Let me see that I wingspan. personally think I look like a blue jay out of all birds. What kind of bird do you think I look like? Um, I would say a blue jay because you're annoying as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> And you like to steal people's shit. Like you came over here with the COVID and you suddenly were like, Raven, where's all your food? Like you get off the fucking airplane from LA and you're like, fucking, where's the food? Dude, come on, bro. Bro? Goddamn Blue Jay. And the, the fifth. I need fucking <laughs> you, should, you should grow a mohawk out, dude, and tie, fucking dye it blue. The yeah. fifth man I, I would I like to go over it. cutting you guys off. Yeah, get there. <laughs> is that is that mead is not wine people call it honey wine constantly and this is only true in the law and if you like okay so technically legally speaking you have to have a winery license to make mead so in a sense it is a wine but typically okay so like sake that's rice wine grape wine is just wine you know or whatever. So honey is not a plant. Honey is not a vegetable. Honey is not a fruit. Honey is a biological byproduct. That's like calling milk a plant. So honey or mead is typically mixed with hops to make quote unquote honey wine, mead. So it or it's honey and hops fermented together to make mead. So to call it wine is very misleading, and that's it's just a personal gripe I have with people because I love mead. Mead is so great, and I'm tired of hearing people call it honey wine because in no way does it resemble wine. I feel it. Um, I didn't know that. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't even know anything a about mead. Beef I had. <laughs> I was going to say mean, that really came out of left field. Like <laughs> suddenly we're well, talking about blue jays, and then it goes into mead. Every time I'm talking like <laughs> drinking mead, people are like, "Oh, is that honey wine?" I'm like, "How well, in the fuck it does says it resemble it on the fucking wine? label?" That's the thing. But like, that's because they have to market to the people who don't know what they're talking about. And technically, true. legally speaking, you have to have a winer's license to make it. I mean, it seems like you're whining about this a lot. Yeah. Well, I am whining about it. I mean, that's the thing. Wine literally just comes from grapes. Yeah. That's- and this is honey, which is a biological byproduct of an animal, mixed with hops, which is an ingredient to make beer. So in what way is it honey? I would love for someone to freaking debate me on this. Because <laughs> I'm right. Well, in my personal opinion, <laughs> it really seems like it's honey. <laughs> yeah, it is honey. <laughs> yeah. You meant to say wine. I know you did. No, you I'm agreeing with you, dude. <laughs> 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 See, I, I made it think like I wasn't agreeing with you, but I'm, I'm okay. agreeing with you. Okay, okay. 
Okay. Anyway, I'm well, done with my beef. You know, I have to probably bring this thing up no, because I, I just wanted to look it up to make sure when we were talking about some of the myths. Um, the whole like false sense of warmth with alcohol actually comes down to just the fact that alcohol is a vasodilator, meaning it uh, expands your blood vessels. Like it, it makes them, you know, open up more, which pretty much means that more blood ends up getting to your skin and whatnot. And so you feel warmer. But, but wouldn't you mm, be expelling more heat at that point? Exactly. Making you more thermo, susceptible to hypothermia? Exactly. Yeah. You're 100% Whoa, right. Dude. So um, it's kind of the same way sweating it, it works, right? Like we, we actually end up uh, sweating whenever we're in a hot environment to uh, cool our body down a little bit. But that's a that's the idea is that yes, uh, alcohol, you know, dilates the blood vessels and and you know makes you feel warmer. But essentially, um, you're losing that body heat to the environment. And the thing about this that I think we should definitely touch on because a lot of people like they think it's a good idea to get in a fucking hot tub after they've been drinking all night with their homies. Oh, oh hat yeah. <laughs> yeah, a fucking hat to you know. Dude, you sounded hat. so. I mean, we've done it. You sounded like you're from <laughs> Philly, bro. <laughs> I've been there. You've been there. I've been there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, um, yeah, no, I mean that's the thing. So like, um, uh, you know, uh, because it dilates the blood vessels, that it, it, yes, it makes more blood get to your skin. It also makes more of the alcohol that is traveling through your blood go to your brain, and so you get drunker, like yeah. in a much quicker way. And actually, that's like. Part of one of the things that I'll just say it now so I don't forget about it is like uh, one of the interactions with alcohol, like one of the worst drugs to possibly use with alcohol. Now, this isn't for everyone, but when it comes down to the pharmacology of it, cannabis, THC dilates your blood vessels Whoa. as well. So when you smoke cannabis that contains THC, you are essentially making the alcohol more effective in the blood, because it like both drugs are working synergistically to dilate your blood vessels, okay, and it I makes it to where this. more alcohol actually gets into the blood brain barrier, like past the blood brain barrier, and so you get drunker quicker. And that's where a lot of people will smoke weed, thinking it's going to help them, like you know, uh, sober up potentially, or like chill out, not drink anymore. And a lot of the times, those people end up like getting more drunk and feeling, you know, the spins and the wooziness because. Uh, it just did the same thing that getting in the hot tub would. So well, I'll speak I want to, yeah, I also want to speak on this really quick because I it's, smoke a lot of weed. You're a weed smoker. I'm not. I smoke so, weed all the time, every yeah. single day, multiple times a day. Uh, I, when I get drunk and I smoke weed, it makes, it does make me feel less drunk. It almost makes me feel more, no, more drunk. quote unquote, normal. No, it actually makes me feel less drunk. Like, even though like you're saying the science behind all this, like I get that, but when I smoke weed, I feel better when I'm drunk. Like I don't feel well, more. That's because you're a weed addict. Feel- yeah, no, I was gonna say it's probably because you're um, a redhead, right? So you have uh, <laughs> you don't have the gene for um, soul. So <laughs> <laughs> essentially, the alcohol just like it, it's not the same for you. Okay, like- but also you you can't really speak on it because you smoke weed every single day. But okay, no. as someone who does not ever smoke weed. If I am drinking and I take like one hit of weed, if I've had like four beers and I, I I take one hit of weed, I instantly feel so drunk that I'll start puking every single time. 100% of the time I start, interesting. start puking. Interesting. Which I, yeah. that's very interesting because I also wanted to, uh, <laughs> so shout, shout out to the homie 
from, <laughs> from the lake house. Uh, that one time when we were all hanging out and he was hella fucked up. Uh, and I fucking was like, I was like, oh, I was going to go outside and smoke some, <laughs> smoke some weed. And, uh, I was, and so I was like, oh, do you want to go smoke some weed? Like, I didn't know this at the time of what Mike had just said of like, uh, you know, uh, cannabis makes you more drunk. So, uh, he was like, yeah, I'll smoke some weed. Apparently he never smokes weed ever. Didn't know that either. It takes uh, tincture sometimes. Yeah, I mean, you know, anyways, so, yeah. I, we, you know, we fucking smoked some weed. I think it was, like, me, him, and Micah uh, outside smoking weed. And then, like, all of a sudden, like, he takes, like, two hits, and he's just, and I was like, you want to hit this again? And he's like, no, nah, I'm good. And then, like, it almost immediately goes inside, and I was like, that was weird, and didn't think anything of it. Like, two hours later, apparently, had fucking gone to the bathroom and just, like, thrown up everywhere. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that, that was that. how I learned about all of that. Shout out the homie <laughs> Who I can not, you know, I can bleep his name out if we want, but no one knows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think he really wants the public to know about that, but no. you know, um, yeah, I remember that. That was a funny situation. Yeah, uh, yeah. it's the same right, thing I'll with my mom. My mom loves weed, you know, so do I. Um, but my mom is one of those people that can drink like six pints of stout, you know. Yeah, uh, what a stouty lady. Uh, yeah, she's she's crazy. <laughs> but as soon as she smokes some fucking weed, she I have spent so many goddamn days. Sorry, this makes my mom sound really bad. Uh, <laughs> listening to my mom just fucking praying to that porcelain god uh, oh, for like four hours straight. Oh no. <laughs> Rip. Yeah. Rip. Anyway, anyway. Uh very interesting. Yeah, it, it's funny because I you know, that whole thing only happened like what was it? That was like last Christmas, right? Or what, when yeah. was that? Yeah, it was like a year Labor ago. Labor Day weekend, maybe. Yeah. I don't remember when that was. But yeah, I only recently found out about, you know, the whole cannabis thing and alcohol. I, I didn't know that that was a thing until well, experiencing it a, out in the, in the wild. Guys, it, I think we need to move on. We do. But like <laughs> one of the things I'll mention, because we already have another episode that kind of brought this up, was like, um, you know, when it comes down to the types of drugs that people ingest once they've been drinking— I'd say the most common ones are cannabis, nicotine, and cocaine, mm. right? And you said most dangerous uh, being weed. I would say the most dangerous is probably like benzodiazepines. Oh, I didn't mean to say most dangerous. My oh, bad. Oh, yeah. Cut that. So like truly, <laughs> no, there is, uh, yeah, there are drugs that are way f- farther, like way more dangerous. I would say benzos are probably one of the most dangerous drugs you can do with alcohol. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and and I'll talk about a little bit of like why that is. Um in my portion, but, uh, yeah, I mean, like, I, I just want to kind of lay it out. Like if you're at like a bar and somebody offers you, you know, weed and you're not really someone who smokes weed very often, um, like Raven, then you should probably just say no, um, to that. I, w- I would suggest it. Like Puke if you city. Yeah. Um, and the worst kind of puking too, cause then you're just like stoned. So you're kind of awake and like, right. It, or, or in like wanting to like relax, but then you're also nauseous and puking. Yeah, exactly. Pussies. And the only drug that I would say does kind of sober you up Cocaine. the way that people think, you know, weed, <laughs> weed might sober them up like Ryan, but he's different, you know, doesn't have his whole. Um, so, uh, you know what, man? Fuck you, dude. I love you. I'm sorry. Um, Ryan, put your shirt back on. Yeah, dude, stop. Dude, I'm trying to spread the COVID, dude. Yeah. All right. I'm trying to get y'all well, anyway, high. 
that's that's like all I really wanted to kind of say was more like a harm reduction, like cautionary piece is just like if you are someone who's kind of new to alcohol and cannabis, um, you know, I would suggest not mixing the two uh, after you've been drinking a lot. Um, now, the other way around, if you've been stoned for a couple hours and you go to a bar with your friends, having a beer or two probably isn't going to have much of an effect the way that it would if you had been drinking all night and then smoked a little bit of weed. That's probably the only enjoyable ah. way to mix the two is to start smoking weed first. Yeah. Because then you're not going to get too drunk. Because no, you pretty much drink like half the amount. Typically. Yeah. Because when Y'all I tried to start smoking dude. weed like last year, I was smoking and like wouldn't drink nearly as many beers. I would drink like two beers and be like chilling. Yeah. 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 So it's all got its time and place, right? Yeah. Set and setting. Find the the right combo. It's like Mortal Kombat. Yep. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's exactly like Mortal Kombat. One myth I just wanted to throw in really quick and we can move on uh, is that apparently a lot of people think that in like medieval times and like in the past uh, that people were drinking like wine and beer and stuff like that because uh, it was like you know, because the water was, like, all fucking polluted and shit. Uh, and so people just think everyone in those eras were, like, drunk all the time, which is actually not 100% true. Like, a lot of people were drinking beer uh, and, like, you know, drinking alcohol and stuff well, instead of water. But depends that's not, on, like, time and region, too. Yeah, because most places that are, like, you know, next to rivers and stuff like that, like, a lot of people were drinking, like, still, mo- like, the average was, like, more people were drinking water than they were drinking alcohol in those times. And a lot of people think that everyone was just running around drunk all the time, which is like, you know, probably true. There were probably a lot of people running around drunk. But uh, people still mostly drink water. So just wanted to throw that one in there. Right. And I mean, there still is water in alcoholic beverages, right? Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, but alcohol, uh, you know, it, 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 it pulls water, right? It accepts water water so it right. will that's why it dehydrates you um yeah well and okay. the whole main thing of like why alcohol is safer to drink than water is because like at least if you're versus polluted water is because you have to boil the alcohol like that's how you like the process of making alcohol is bo- like starting with boiling water and stuff um yeah so, um i mean anyways it, do you do you want to talk about the process of making alcohol we can we can cover it or we can cover it later or not at all um, I mean, I feel like it's <laughs> fairly known. Like, I, f- you know, I don't know. Look it I up mean, on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, no, we yes. should probably get 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 to what we actually have in store for today. So. Yeah, if you're looking to figure out how to make alcohol, just look it up. Well, it's well, I'll, known. I'll, I'll I'll talk about fermentation in the science. Oh, part. okay, cool, perfect, dude. Um, some booch. So, um, <laughs> I just want to oh <laughs> fucking Micah's face. Oh my god, dude! Shut <laughs> up, dude! Just because I shaved my beard doesn't mean you can call me out for this shit. All right, dude. You just said I don't have a soul. Fuck you, dude. It's fucking right. so, open season out here. <laughs> alcohol for just millennia has been used uh, as a way to like, yeah, let loose, party, prepare for battles, treat pain, forget bad experiences, connect with people. Everyone loves alcohol, right? So you would think. Some. So the legality some. behind alcohol is in the U.S., you can go in to pretty much any store depending. Well, okay. So depending, little mark there. It, it, in the U.S., federally, alcohol is legal to buy at the age of 21 years old. 
So you can buy, depending on the state, in any grocery store, convenience store, uh, liquor store, depending on what you're buying, it being beer or liquor, um, some states require specific liquor stores. I know in Washington, you can just go into a grocery store and buy liquor um, or beer or wherever, or the 7-Eleven, you could buy liquor. But in California, or wait, no, or in Oregon, you have to go to a specific designated liquor store for things over a specific proof. I think it's like 35% uh, or whatever you have to go to a liquor store for. Um, So with that being said, there are counties within the U.S. that have laws against alcohol completely. There are dry states or no, not states. There's dry counties. Dry counties. counties. Um, In Alaska. And I think there are some in Utah and there are some counties where even selling alcohol is legal, but it can't be over a certain percent. So all these things are, it's super weird once you start to get into the legality of alcohol uh, because there are certain states, certain areas that allow different amounts or none at all. And there's entire countries where they don't allow alcohol to be sold at all. Uh, countries like Iraq, Iran, Libya, Afghanistan, Yemen. Uh, there's many more countries that don't allow the sell, sale of alcohol at all. Um, Which and then, makes sense because the- of like, those are generally considered like Muslim countries and like... Yeah, the whole Muslim religion is to like. I don't think you're allowed to drink alcohol. So with any laws, that just look back to religion and find out why they won't allow you to do anything. Which is weird because in the Cor- the Quran or whatever Quran, um, it's yeah, never Quran. stated that alcohol is like unholy. I mean, I've never read it, so I can't speak on that. I mean, yeah, I, I didn't know either, that, actually. but it's just something that I, I looked into one time because I was so curious about why some oh. of these countries and like the Islamic countries um, are, you know, dry and haven't been using <clears throat> alcohol. And I was like, oh, maybe it's because it was written in the Quran, but like, it's not. It's right. something that huh. they have come up with on their own. Interesting. Right. And I, I just want to say on the flip side of countries making it illegal, uh, like I said, with the U.S. being legal drinking age of 21 uh there are other countries where you can buy it much earlier countries like australia poland mexico uh you could buy alcohol by 18 at most of those countries and i i think a lot of people in the u.s have heard the like the rule in mexico the quote-unquote rule in mexico if you could see over the counter i always got told when i was a kid oh you could buy alcohol once you could see over the counter in mexico um <laughs> obviously that's not a law it's just something <laughs> like that that would be that would be part of our myths and and legends because <laughs> that's something i definitely heard as a kid that's um, so funny and I, I did find some other countries that, or one other country that you could buy it as early as 16. So, you know, the ages really range uh, country to country of how old you have to be to buy alcohol. But typically, for most of the world, it is a legal intoxicant that you can buy and enjoy or get addicted to or do whatever you want to do. Uh, for in, it, it, it's easy to get. It's easy to acquire. acquire. And we're going to get into some things about how it's been 
they've tried to take it away and they've uh, failed. And for what reasons? Um, but with that, we should kind of talk about where alcohol came from. And that is honestly a really hard subject to dive into. So we're going we're gonna to kind of be a little brief because the origin of alcohol is so convoluted and argued about for all of history uh, because essentially the, the, the bipedal human has probably been consuming alcohol since they've been eating fruit off the ground, like I was saying. So to say there's a date, an origin, a, a, a year where humans discovered alcohol would just be false. And we can't even speculate on when that would be because it's just, it's out of our expertise to try to figure that out. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, it is hard to decide or to like, you know, date exactly when alcohol was around, like what you were saying, Raven, with, you know, humans. Like the first just, consumptions. Yeah. Yeah. The first consumptions. But they actually did recently find, uh, based off of like, um, Cave paintings, pottery, or well, it was like, like some yeah. pottery or something in in China uh, that yeah. dates back to seven thousand to sixty six hundred uh, BCE uh, before in China era. and Georgia. Well, Georgia, a Guinness Book of World Records actually uh, is the one that confirmed that wine production dates back to six thousand BC in Georgia, but they think that. China started as early as 7,000 BC. Well, yeah, and that's exactly what I was just saying. It dates from 7,000 to 6,600 BCE uh, around the Yellow River Valley in China. Um, they found, I can't remember if it was like pots or, they found evidence basically of uh, of early alcoholic beverages, uh, which they think uh, was a mixed fermented drink of rice, honey, and hawthorn fruit and or grape. Uh, yeah, so it wasn't it wasn't from the pottery. I know <laughs> I know what study you're talking about. Um so the National Academy of Science confirmed that they had a chemical analysis from that area that yeah, like you said, uh contained fermented grapes, hawthorn berries and rice. So they mm. believe that was an alcohol that they were producing in China around 7000 BC. So but the, up until yeah. Then I think that study came out in like 2010. So yeah, recently. I think that like study came out in 2021, actually. Did it? I, the, the article <laughs> I read was from 2021, but it might have been My just bad. an updated article. I'm not sure. But it is true, regardless, that they did find that to be true, that they found uh, a chemical analysis found that they were drinking fermented grapes, hawthorn berries, and rice, like you were saying. Yeah. Um. um. And from there, though, from the 7,000, 6,000 BC, uh, you know, alcohol has been just being used forever through all cultures. And it's just as a as a um, as a means to pay for things, as a currency, as a as a trade type, as a as a drink. I I read that the Egyptians were brewing. That this is what people believe is that the Egyptians brewed a type of beer that was so incredibly nutrient rich and low alcohol content that some people believe that it was the currency to pay the people building the pyramids because it was so nutrient rich that you could almost drink it as a meal replacement. No, exactly. Which, and it's funny. 
Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but no, you're good. The, yeah, per, yeah. Go no, ahead. it's funny because the in in Giza, actually, the workers received three rations of beer per day. Yeah, but the beer they were receiving was thought to be like one percent alcohol, and but and then think about their filtration system back then. So it's not yeah. when you think of this beer that they were drinking, it's not Michelob Ultra. It's not most, <laughs> like insanely filtered out like water, essentially with alcohol in it. It's yeah. it was so nutrient dense, uh, like of a liquid. It was probably chunky. <laughs> That's very interesting, and it, that actually makes sense because I also read that uh, the that the uh, ancient Egyptians uh, they considered beer to be the drink of the gods. So I'm curious if that's yeah. the same. It's probably the same beer that they you're you're talking about, where they you know it's so nutrient rich. They're just like, dude, the gods sent this to us to build the pyramids, like. <laughs> <laughs> right? And then skip away forward to like the pirates, like just through all of time, this this. This drink, this beer, this alcohol. Well, I, the pirates weren't uh, plundering ships full of beer. Typically, it would be more like rum or something, just hard alcohol. Um, in the pirates' rule book that they have like found, uncovered, that was like pirates' like lists of uh, uh, the pirates' law. Essentially, uh, they found that the pirates had plundered ships specifically that carried alcohol a lot of the times and always had a huge hoard of alcohol on every single ship and it was in it, it, a pirate ship was very they had a captain but it was very like democratic to where everyone got a say in everything kind of thing but the 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 captain had a, the overall say but when it came to the booze they all had free access to it as long as it was on the ship there was no telling someone you can't have a drink it was all up for grabs all the time and Very and they had a rule that everyone had to uh pretty much go to bed at the same time everyone was allowed to drink as long as, as late as you wanted but everyone had to go to bed and be quiet at a certain time but if you wanted to stay up and drink you had to stay up and drink up on the top deck where no one could hear ah. you and you had to like if you want to keep drinking go upstairs and shut the fuck up and keep drinking kind of thing like oh yeah it, <laughs> like it's it's weird how entire cultures and 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 uh normalcies through history have been uh bent around the consumption of alcohol forever oh for sure like, yeah it's insane. To oh, think totally. About. Dude, it's so fucking interesting to think about uh, just how much of an influence alcohol has had on so many different cultures. Um, just humanity as a whole. Dude, yeah, which is a lot of the stuff I'm going to talk about, uh, which we'll get to eventually. Um, yeah. But yeah, dude, just so interesting about all that. One of the things I did want to throw in there that, because uh, you started talking about pirates and stuff, I wanted to back up a little bit uh, when we were talking about the history. Uh, which is like talking about how like when distillation became a thing, like with distilled yeah, alcohol and stuff. Um, so I guess by 800 BCE, the Chinese were distilling a beverage from rice beer. And that's like the first generally known origins of like distillation of alcohol. Sake. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, uh, and then so and then the Arabs were also distilling a uh, beverage from uh, from wine, uh, which which is also... Interesting, and which leads me to the next thing of uh, Irish whiskey, which they learned from uh, these Arabic countries because uh, they were distilling perfume. And so, well, it, it they don't 
there's di- there's discrepancies because the, some people, some articles say that they the Irish found this from Southern Europe, uh, but others say they found it from uh, Arabic countries. But re- regardless of who they learned it from, they were they learned about distilling from perfumes, and then on the boat on the way back to Ireland, they were like, "Oh, let's fucking dial this shit in," and <laughs> learned how to make whiskey essentially, which first dated back to 1405. Jeez. And, uh, yeah. And so, um, they said like the Irish monks, well, it's so the Irish monks basically, uh, in 1000 CE common era, uh, learned about, you know, from, they learned about distilling from the Arabic countries or Southern Europe, whoever you want to believe. Uh, and then didn't write anything down after they figured that out until 1405. So literally like 1400 or 400 years later, Finally, we're like, maybe we should document this because they just found out about whiskey and we're just getting fucked up for like 400 years. And we're just like, oh, maybe we should actually write this down. That is, is so cool, dude. It's they so were so funny. drunk for 400 years. Four, yeah. five, uh, what, 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 that would be like five generations, right? Fucking just getting hammered. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe even more than five generations because. I mean, you think about I mean, the average lifespan. I mean, what's a generation back like eighty years or something? Well, no. I mean, you think about the the average lifespan of those in those eras. Like, oh, that's like that time, yeah. thirty or forty years. So, like, I would say like ten generations. Especially if probably they just figured out whiskey, and I'm sure Micah might t- talk a little bit about the, the mishaps with uh, distilling and things that still happen to this day. It's not a. I mean, it is a perfect science. It's easy, but the, there's mess ups that are deadly. So. Yeah, like moonshine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, But if we want to just like skip to kind of modern times, like the most significant thing that's happened kind of in modern times was in 1920, uh, the United States tried to ban... Well, they didn't try. They succeeded in banning the production, importation, transportation, and sale of alcohol. This was known as prohibition. They banned alcohol in the hopes of cutting down on crime and this backfired hugely and was possibly the the that possibly resulted in organized crime as a whole Uh, i mean it, it organized crime definitely existed before this like i said with pirates pirates are technically organized crime but organized crime in the united states this skyrocketed uh with causing uh, things like speakeasies and moonshining and um, people just illegally making alcohol. And it caused a lot more violence probably banning it than existed before. It, it, the people were probably, I mean, people were, are always going to be dangerous on alcohol. It It's just a fact. It It's part of the a lot of people's personalities, the way they react while they're drunk. A lot of people get violent. But I think a lot more people get violent when you take away something that they want. <laughs> <laughs> Which literally led to the fucking... Uh, the reason why they brought pro- Prohibition back is because of the fucking... Um, I can't remember what it's called. It was like the whiskey... The whiskey something. But basically people were fucking like rioting because they couldn't drink. And they were like, all right, fine. Like, have it back. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I mean, dude, it's like... Okay, so this is the <clears throat> one thing that they try to say wasn't due to religion they didn't try to say that they took this away because of religion they tried to say they took alcohol away because of crime and violence um 
But it's, I don't know. It's just, I, I would be pissed if the government took a, a, a natural byproduct away from me. It's kind of like how they are now just giving us mushrooms. It's like, okay, why couldn't I pick that up off the ground before and eat it? That's or like cannabis. not cool. It's like if this fruit is sitting here on the floor and rotting essentially, and I pick it up and eat it and I get drunk, why is that not allowed? That's like, yeah. the, why, how are, why are you going to tell me what I can and cannot do when it comes to natural byproducts? Uh, like it's nature. Why can yeah. I not drink alcohol? Alcohol is natural. I, I agree with you, dude. It's the same thing yeah. with cannabis, mushrooms, Opium. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, I agree. I think, Anything that grows I think, naturally, you should be able to indulge freely. And even stuff that's not. But that's just my anti-government views. I don't think yeah. the government should have any say on what we put in our bodies whatsoever. No, not until they fucking stop letting school shootings happen. Or, yeah, or fucking, I mean, look, they're they're going to what? They're going to change Roe versus Wade, but yet they won't fucking change the drug laws that we've talked about like schedule one psychedelics yeah, yeah. an old 70 year old white dude is gonna tell some some chick who got raped that she can't have an abortion but uh, yeah no. but they can say that we can't take psychedelics that yeah grow out of the earth yeah <laughs> this is no yeah. we, yeah. It, it's a whole people over the age of 45 shouldn't be allowed in government at all yeah, it doesn't oh, even come i down completely to agree age. i mean <laughs> dude i think it definitely does come down to age i think I think no, by the time you, you get retirement age, you should no longer be allowed to be in politics because— No, okay, yeah, I agree on that. And I think that our Supreme Court justices being tenured is just 100% the worst thing wrong. we could have ever done. Yeah. Because uh, they have views from fucking 100 years ago. They're old as shit. And they are yeah. demented. Yeah, and they're demented. <laughs> yeah. and they Look think, at our president. <laughs> and the older you get, you think the younger generation is stupid and they're they're heathens and yeah. what all their everything they're doing is wrong. So it's like, okay, they're they're just looking down upon progress, essentially. Yeah. yeah. Well, and they just don't have the same mindset as younger generations, dude. They were born a lot of the politicians that are still in politics. We're born in like the fucking 40s and shit. Like the ideologies back then were so different than how it is today that they're just completely out of touch. And the fact that they're making the laws for current times is insane. So yeah. uh, I, you can yeah. look up videos of our current president back in the day saying the N word and saying they, that they shouldn't allow any more in the Supreme Court. And it's like, and nowadays he had to apologize, but it's like, you think his fucking views have changed? No, he's a racist bigot. Why is he allowed to be our president? I agree. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> fucking <That's> prohibition. Quick, <laughs> quick anti-USA tirade, real quick. <laughs> it's I mean, all good. what is? It's, it's not a drinking out of cups podcast episode. If you're unless we're fucking talking yelling about laws. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And anti-authoritarian. Right. <laughs> uh, so back to prohibition. What you were saying, Raven? Yeah. I mean, is, oh, is you wanted to, you wanted to talk about Al Capone, right? Yeah, I mean, a little bit. I just generally wanted to talk about general prohibition. I didn't know if you had anything else to 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 speak about with any of that. Um, oh no, but, well, I, I'll just say that it lasted from 1920 to 1933, so that was 13 years of probably hell. Could you imagine right now if they took away something that we had all been completely used to for 13 years? I don't think it would fly that way nowadays. Like, I think people would 
riot super hard. Um, I think people definitely were more patriotic and trusted their government back then. I think nowadays it would just be a civil war if they took if they took yeah. away alcohol today. I <laughs> no one would go to work. <laughs> no, one, no, the buses wouldn't run. Nothing, nothing mm. would get done, dude. It would be riots in the street. It would be fucked. thirteen years. That's so long to get your like essentially human rights taken away. And I'm not yeah. saying that alcohol is great and that it should be the human right to drink it. But what I'm saying is that it's a natural. Naturally occurring substance, why, like why is the government allowed to tell you you cannot ingest it? It that right. shouldn't be a thing. That no, should, no. That's wrong. It's wrong in every way. Exactly. I completely agree with you. Um, yeah. It, it's pro, the whole prohibition thing was super fucked up. And clearly they learned... I don't know if they learned a lesson uh, or if it was just the the riots and the violence that just... The government fucking... doesn't learn lessons. No. I mean, clearly, because cannabis is still illegal in most states. Like, now, federally. I think... Yeah, well, I think... Yeah, it's federally illegal, and l- most states are still completely illegal. Like, uh, I think we Wait. just hit... We just hit 19 uh, states that are now recreationally legal for cannabis. Which is Yikes. honestly more... Oh, uh, you can't say more natural because they're both just as natural, but it's literally a fucking plant. The other one's a chemical reaction, essentially. Yeah. This is a fucking plant that's still illegal. Anyway, we're not talking about weed. (laughs) Yeah. Anyways, all right. So prohibition fucking, yeah, you mentioned it. January 17th, 1920 to December 5th, 1933. Uh, Yeah. One of the things I just want to talk about was like the speakeasy uh, whole, you know, culture in the prohibition era and how it kind of birthed what, or, you know, in some people's opinions, birthed the, uh, you know, of basically modern jazz and stuff like that. Uh, so in these speakeasies, uh, the, basically the choice of music and at the time, which was starting to get popular was jazz, but especially in speakeasies, uh, was, uh, black jazz musicians. And, uh, which is very strange because a lot of the, people a lot of a lot of these clubs and stuff were very segregated and stuff so a lot of times it would be black musicians playing for strictly an only white crowd but eventually that kind of brought cultures together i'd say in a little bit uh because eventually you know clubs started allowing what they would call um i think they called it like tan crowds or something like that uh where it would be a mixture of yeah it was terrible uh but it was a mixture of, of white and you know, black crowds together, which was really the first time that that's like, you know, became a thing because, you know, back then it was so segregated, which is obviously fucked up and terrible. Um, but so if it wasn't for prohibition, you know, things might not have, uh, progressed so quickly, uh, into the desegregation of things. Um, Interesting. So you're saying prohibition had a silver lining, uh, yeah, I mean, I would say it had, it had an effect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so a couple of the people that became, you know, very prominent in this era uh, of musicians was, uh, Louis Armstrong, King Oliver and Duke Ellington, uh, which I'm sure some people, you know, some people know, some people may not, but generally household names. Uh, and so Louis Armstrong and King Oliver moved to Chicago in 1922 uh, from New Orleans and became huge recording artists during the time. 
and would be booked in some of the biggest clubs during the time of the Prohibition era of, you know, these speakeasies. And I guess I should explain what a speakeasy generally is. It was, you know, places for people to go during the Prohibition era to, uh, you know, drink alcohol and listen to music. Yeah, illegally drink alcohol and listen to music and dance or whatever. Uh, So, uh so they became very prominent in these areas of just playing clubs all the time. <clears throat> and then Louis, Ar- uh, sorry, uh, Bessie Smith was another jazz artist, uh, also during this, you know, period. Ended up recording 180 songs during the 1920s, during this Prohibition mm-hmm. era, which who knows if, you know, she would have became that popular without the Prohibition, which is very interesting. Um, so, and some of their songs even contained lyrics, like, back in back in the day. So, Bessie Smith had a song called Me and My Gin, and Louis Armstrong had a song called Knockin' a Jug, you know, both referring to alcohol, which right. is pretty cool that they, you know, when alcohol was completely illegal, they were still making songs about it. Yeah, that is uh, pretty cool. Yeah, and so, uh, which brings me into, we kind of mentioned Al Capone a little bit. Uh, but during this time, Al Capone owned 10,000 speakeasies. Like, at one time, owned 10,000. Jesus. Yeah, dude, crazy. Uh, and a lot of people who don't know Al Capone, he was a big mob guy in Chicago area um, during this time. And uh, his whole thing is he would only book black jazz performers because in his mind, they were as oppressed as his Italian brothers. Um so he was kind of, in his mind, doing them a solid uh, and just only booking black jazz performers, uh, which is pretty cool. Uh, you know, that's pretty progressive. And who knew Al Capone was so woke, you know? Um, and another thing of the in this, you know, time of speakeasies, uh, the coin-operated phonographs, uh, later called the jukebox, came out in 1926. So that's pretty fucking interesting that, you know, recorded music was being played in clubs in the 1920s. That's just insane to think about because... That is really crazy to think about. And the aspect of recording has not been been around for very long. No, it has Like 100 years, essentially. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, they were... That was pretty much, yeah, right in the beginning. Yeah. So uh, they played 78 RPM records for a nickel a song and had a selection of 10 records, which would be 20 songs, you know, front and back. And uh, yeah, just super cool that that's kind of how like the modern jukebox came to be is through, you know. Speakeasies? Yeah, essentially, yeah. And what's funny about, I was mentioning Louis Armstrong is uh, in his whole thing, like playing in speakeasies and alcohol and stuff like that. Is uh he in the sixties he was actually later hired to do uh radio spots and to spread the awareness of like bad moonshine and stuff of like how it like was making <laughs> people go blind and shit and which I'll I'll get into. I later. I think Micah will will get into why uh bad moonshine will make you go blind. Yeah, yeah. no, that's that's yeah. fantastic. I mean we can get um, into that now. I, mean, I I just want to just move up to modern times just kind of put a dark spin on things <laughs> because <laughs> alcohol it has always been um it is fairly toxic um it is not good for you and it has resulted in a lot of deaths i just want to move into very modern times where just during covid and quarantine and lockdowns and all those things 
uh, that alcohol has been that alcohol related deaths have increased up to twenty five percent, which they were already a lot, and they have increased up to twenty five percent during COVID, uh, which wow. is scary to think about because. Um, me personally, I can say truthfully when quarantine started and I was sitting at home all day, I was slamming about two bottles of wine a day. Dude. Yeah. That's, we were getting <laughs> fucked up and playing rocket. We were getting hammered. <laughs> we were playing rocket league till like five in the morning because you can't do anything but leave your house. And it's like, you know, humans need outlets. Humans need t- to go outside to experience life and, you know, I, no one's perfect. I'm not perfect. I can admit that I was drinking a lot during the beginning of quarantine, which actually led yeah. me to stop drinking for a long time, which was good Same. for me personally. But a lot of people, you know, can't can't say that because addiction and, and you know, those kinds of things. So it has in the last couple of years skyrocketed the amount of deaths related to alcohol, which is really sad. But that's modern times up to date right now. And I'm sure they're slowly decreasing with, um, you know, uh, lockdowns aren't really a thing anymore for now. Uh, but, you know, um, hopefully they're down. <laughs> I don't know. Mike, <laughs> you want to talk about science? <laughs> Sorry to segue you like that. That's fine. You know. But, no, but you're going to talk about why alcohol is dangerous, I'm sure. And, oh, yeah. And things like that. So I figured, Absolutely. you know, I, I might as well throw out that alcohol has been killing a lot of people when they're stuck at home and have nothing to do but get drunk. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I mean, that's like one of the biggest things that, um, you know, I guess here's a, a good myth to talk about people. It's not a, a myth. It's more or less like a semantics situation. Uh, a lot of people think that alcohol is called a depressant because it depresses you like right. mentally. <laughs> uh, that's not true. Um, it is true that yes, alcohol um, can make people who are feeling depressed more depressed than they were mentally. However, a lot of the talk of what a depressant is comes down to uh, the way that a drug interacts with the central nervous system. And so as we talked about in previous episodes, things like cocaine are central nervous system stimulants. So um, the way that they attach to receptors in the body, um, uh, you know, mediates what they are. And so, uh, alcohol, for example, when you ingest alcohol, uh, typically it's going to be orally, right? Like you, you drink, uh, an alcoholic beverage. Um, it goes through the stomach and then it goes through the liver, which I talked about earlier. And this, uh, process of metabolism is actually considered or called uh, the first pass effect. Um, any any drug that goes through the stomach and has to be processed by the liver is going to be considered a drug that has to go through this first pass effect. Um, now, what happens? We've talked a little bit about ADH, the you know alcohol dehydrogenase, that enzyme in the liver that um, you know breaks ethanol down. Um, but once it gets into the blood, right? Um, Alcohol can end up in the brain. And it takes a certain amount of alcohol to actually get past the blood-brain barrier. And one of the things that I always kind of tell people that aren't, you know, sciencey 
potentially uh, about alcohol that's interesting is that once alcohol passes the blood-brain barrier, it actually is starting to do damage to the brain. Um, and you can know when it's gotten to that point because that is when uh, things like slurring your words and um, uh, coordination start to decrease uh, or, or, or get worse, right? So like uh, the, uh, for example, the um, parts of the brain that are uh, regulating m motor function, right? Moving and, and walking and whatnot. Those do get affected by alcohol once alcohol gets to a certain concentration in the blood. Uh, can we can we talk about just sorry? I want to interrupt just because this goes along with what you're saying. With uh, it starts damaging the brain and uh, causing slurred speech and things like that. But a huge myth is that alcohol kills brain cells, which there is actually no hard evidence promoting that alcohol kills brain cells. Really? Yeah. Where'd you find that? Uh, all over the internet when I was hmm. researching. Interesting. Yeah. It, I, yeah, because that's not true at all. What? <laughs> yeah. I, well, I, I love this. This is like the first time we've had this type of debate. Really? Because, yeah. okay. So, so what I found is that it can, it, it, like, accelerate things like dementia, and it is a neurotoxin. Yeah, but what's dementia? I don't know. I'm not a exactly. scientist. You're the scientist. So that's what I've... No, but the, but from what I've read, the, the doing of my research is that alcohol does not kill brain cells exactly. Like that, that is like, it's a partial truth that it does damage your brain, but it does not kill brain cells. Okay, so the thing about... Correct me, please. Yeah, no, but, no, no, it's fine because I'm actually curious. Because if the internet's lying to me, I'd love to know that. Because the uh, internet does lie. You know that. We all know that. The internet is the internet. No, I on so many different so, websites. So, so many so, different sources have told me that. So yeah. please correct me if I'm wrong. But again, this is the same kind of thing, right? That like uh, there's a lot of sources that you can find on the internet that like literally like uh, what is it, Medline or like uh, what's the thing that everyone fucking WebMD. WebMD. Yeah, <laughs> those types of sites will tell you that yes, a glass of wine every night is good for their heart, but that's not true. No, it's Because not true. they're not talking about the ethanol in the wine. They're actually talking about the polyphenols, the flavonoids, and the uh, various antioxidant, anti-inflammatory compounds that are found within grapes that affect the heart in a potentially good way. However, um, when it comes to alcohol, yeah, ethanol... Um, <laughs> uh, so... Uh, let, let, let's just go back to what dementia is, right? Well, could I just read uh, the, the, the thing I have? Uh, is that alcohol, quote-unquote, does not actually kill brain cells, but it does interfere with neurogenesis that we've talked about in the past, which is the creation of new brain cells. So if you're constantly drinking, you're not neurogenerating, and therefore you're not building new brain cells. Yes. So that's actually mm. that's part of what I was going to bring up because— Okay. Uh, so— <clears throat> we've talked about this in previous episodes, but I just want to remind everyone because it's something that not a lot of people may remember uh, just hearing it once. But this talk of neurogenesis and synaptogenesis comes down to what Raven was mentioning. Uh, neurogenesis is the generation of new neurons and synaptogenesis is the generation of new synapses, which are those uh, spaces in between neurons that allow for two neurons to communicate to each other um, to essentially you know, provide the body all the functions that it's supposed to do. So with that, there is evidence to show that, yeah, alcohol does not actually 
um, destroy neurons that were already there. It just, it makes it to where, uh, I think a good example to bring up is blackouts, right? So uh, ethanol-induced blackouts, memory impairments uh, are seen when there's too much of a, like too much concentration of alcohol in the blood, right? And what happens is that the individual is not able to process um, their short-term memory into long-term memory in the hippocampus. And essentially what that is, like if you were going to process that memory, there's a little bit of synaptogenesis going on between your neurons. Like there's there's new connections being made every time that you learn something new and remember it. Now, when you get to a certain point with alcohol after ingesting too much of it, it's possible that you're going to black out or maybe have uh, less you know, memory processing going on. And essentially what that means is that, yeah, there's actually neurotransmitters that are not uh, being recycled and uh, in, in, induced, right? Being sent from neurons as much as they typically would. And that's part of why someone can drink alcohol and still do normal uh, motor functions, like drive their car home, but not remember a thing from that. And right. so, yeah, essentially, neurons aren't being destroyed at that level. It's just that other neurons are not being created as they typically would be. Like anytime, like this is the thing is people want to think of neurogenesis and synaptogenesis as like some very complex uh, thing that we would want to try to have, like like induce in our in ourselves to make our brain health better, like uh, better cognition, right? But technically, anytime that you go outside and you see something, as soon as you wake up, actually, and your eyes start processing the information in the environment, you're having synaptogenic things going on. You know what I mean? Like you're creating new pathways in the brain every single day, every second. Now, alcohol just in, inhibits that and it makes it a lot worse than it typically would be. So every single day, right, addiction, right, uh, using alcohol every single day will actually, rather than destroying the brain, it makes it to where the brain is not developing the way that it is supposed to. And there is right. a myth where people think that the brain only develops from, you know, your childhood on to like 18 or 25 years old. That's not true at all. Your brain is developing your entire life. It's changing your entire life. Is it getting better your entire life? No, uh, most of the time not, but it's possible that you can. And so one of the things with alcohol is that alcohol is toxic to your cells, 100%. Uh, that is part of why alcohol, specifically ethyl alcohol, um, is an antiseptic, right? We can clean things with it, like a wound or something. It's because it literally does break down cells. It, it will like destroy things. It will literally kill cells. Well, that it, so that's the thing with, it, it's not necessarily destroying your brain cells, but it is destroying things like your liver. <laughs> so yeah, well, yeah. but here's the thing. With that, the hard part about it is maybe the drug itself, alcohol, is not killing these brain cells, but what happens after ingesting alcohol for a chronic you know, period of time in your life, uh, the, the reason that I, I argued at the beginning of this was because if you look at a picture or a representation right, of the alcoholic brain, severe alcoholism, compared to healthy brain of a normal individual who hasn't abused alcohol, the alcoholic brain is literally about half the size. Jesus. And now, like what I mentioned in one of the podcast, like one of the episodes earlier was that our brain, all of it is, is just a cluster 
tons and tons of neurons bunched together. So all that brain tissue is technically just a bunch of cells put together. Uh, there's, there's a ton. I mean, that, I think we start out with like 200 billion neurons when we're children, and it goes down to about 80 billion as an adult. Could that have to do with constant dehydration? Yeah, I think dehydration would have a lot to do with it. But at the same time, I think that essentially, if you think of what alcohol does to other cells, right? Yeah. Liver cells, skin cells, whatever it is, it kills them. Yeah. So alcohol for an extended period of time, like 50 years of your life every single day, right? it does 100% destroy the brain. And it's what a lot of people would refer to as wet brain, yeah. right? And, and, and early <laughs> dementia and shit. Like, no, exactly. And, yeah. and so dementia, to answer like the little thing that we had earlier, dementia is just a loss of neurons. That's like all it is technically is just that your brain has started to lose uh, cells at a very, very fast, potentially, potentially fast, but like a, an intense rate to the point that certain functions like cognition, memory, whatever it is, are just becoming non-existent, you know, or they're getting a lot worse. It, it, it's a consistent thing. It's a progressive illness, dementia. And a lot of the times dementia is, uh, you know, going to turn into something like Alzheimer's disease or Parkinson's disease, which are the two most common forms of dementia. Um, however, people can induce dementia-like states around age 30 from alcohol abuse. And so essentially, like the way that I look at that is, yes, a ton of neurons literally did get destroyed because that is what dementia is. And that is exactly what you see in a brain. If you take a brain out of uh, an alcoholic and a brain out of a healthy individual who didn't drink alcohol in excess, you see a, a big difference. They'll literally weigh completely different. They will look completely different. There's beautiful images. I Not beautiful. Um, there's, there's crazy images of this where like when you think of the human brain, you think of all those like uh, innervations, all those curves, those, those ridges and things like that um, that make it look all crinkly and whatnot. Well, think of that like completely reduced by half. So, so when you say you can induce it by around age 30 with uh, extensive alcohol abuse, would that be something reversible potentially by like vitamin B1? Because a, yep. a, a lot of what alcohol does is it creates a, a vitamin deficiency in, yep. your, in your body. Um, yeah, I think it's specifically thiamine, right? Yeah, thiamine, um, uh, vitamin B1, right? I, I think I'm, it's either B1 or B6. It's I, one of those it, I think it's B1. I could be wrong. Um, but it, it, say you had those kinds of uh, symptoms around the age of 30 where you're still, it should be actively able to, you know, regain brain cells and have an active functional brain. If you started taking vitamins in time, do you think it would be reversible to an extent? Um, not, yeah. Okay. So not necessarily reversible. I mean, I think but, it could but, be, but preventable. Yeah. Preventable. Yes. But the, say you got to a really bad extent and you started taking vitamins every day and drinking water and eating healthy. Do you think you could get to a better state than you were? Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because I mean, actually, so when it gets to this point where people have wet brain, um, which is obviously not the medical term for it, but Right. <laughs> uh, I think most of us would agree that wet brain, you know, yeah, we, 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 we've probably all at least met one person who is a, a heavy, severe alcoholic and, um, acts that, as if they have Alzheimer's. Even sober slurring their words and can't come through with like a, uh, a, a 
<laughs> wow, I'm stumbling on my words as I'm trying to say like a thought out sentence. <laughs> yeah, oh my gosh, like Phil, Damn, for example. Raven's got yeah. wet brain, dude. Oh, no, I'm actively drinking Michelob's. <laughs> <laughs> Michelob Ultra? Yeah, yeah, Michelob Ultra. That's why I used it as a comparison. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Sorry. I mean that's that's like down down to the nitty gritty part. The uh, the the medication, the the supplement, right? That they would give to people who have um, alcohol induced brain damage uh, is thiamine. Um, yeah, and mm. uh, weirdly enough, like it seems so simple, right? Well, why don't we just add thiamine to our alcoholic beverages? <laughs> um, you know, to prevent this from happening, but. I think that uh, the the big the big picture here is that yeah, alcohol induces brain damage, right? And yes. it can actually end up being permanent for you know certain people, like especially if you have been drinking alcohol for your entire life. My grandma, for example, my biological grandma, uh, shouts out fucking David Bowie. Um, <laughs> she. The reason I say that is she looks like David Bowie, guys. <laughs> she lives on a, I wasn't going to question it. She lives on a nudist beach, the freaking south <laughs> south border of Texas. And, Fuck uh, yeah, scaly. She's scaly. Yep, she's, she looks like an alligator, dude. Dude, alligator hell yeah. David Bowie. Yeah, well, and she's I can say a, this because fuck her. She's had a transplant, right? No. Um, oh. So she lost 80, 80. Oh, no, she just got surgery. Yeah, yeah she lost 80% of her liver to cirrhosis. Uh, cirrhosis fuck. just uh, refers to uh, the condition that happens to the liver when um, it's been uh, destroyed by alcohol. Um, and the liver shrinks in size. So, yeah, she lost about 80% of her liver. Uh, and instead of you know quitting drinking, of course, because she's a fucking piece of shit Texas alcoholic, uh, is that uh, she started drinking wine and beer. Um, that's a good alternative. Yeah, that, great that's alternative, healthy, right? right? That's super. <laughs> yeah, healthy. I mean, that's usually like that's the way to go, right? You know, I mean, two let... glasses of two glasses of wine a day keeps the doctor away. That's what they say. Okay, so this this is uh, something I wanted Micah to talk about and really cover is that a lot of people have the misconception that drinking a glass of wine a day uh, is good for you, or like a red wine glass is good for your heart and good for heart disease. When that is not true, any amount of ethanol, and he kind of already talked about this a little bit with red wine and the things that are actually healthy in it. Um, but it, any amount of ethanol that you're putting in your body is bad for you. And there's a huge misconception that drinking small amounts of alcohol throughout the week, like two, it, it, I think the, the thing is like two drinks a week are, can be good for you, for your heart health. And that's not true. Yeah, I, uh, <clears throat> the part, the reason that it's not, I think I may have mentioned a little bit earlier was that things like, um, okay, so uh, like what what we mentioned earlier was that uh, most spirits, beer, wine are botanically derived, right? They come from plants, they come from things naturally occurring and wine specifically, right? It comes from grapes. Well, grapes, uh, due to their very intense color, um, they actually contain a lot of these compounds called polyphenols. Um, and polyphenols have uh, a lot of antioxidant capabilities. So uh, they have the ability to um, help cells um, uh, sort of stave off or um, prevent oxidative damage, meaning just like, uh, pretty much like meaning that they, they, they help uh, cells survive. Right, so uh, people will throw that word antioxidant around all the time and not really know what it means at all, which is fine. 
Um, but, you know, essentially the idea is that antioxidants are good for you, right? And they're good for not just you, but like the, 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 all the cells in your body. Now, cells can undergo uh, oxidative stress and damage from a wide variety of things like pollutants, um, cigarette smoke, like, like all kinds of stuff, right, will cause your cells to uh, have an inability to uh, exchange oxygen um, the way that it's supposed to. And so what antioxidants do is they kind of help this process. They help cells, uh, uh, you know, uh, they, they, in a sense, antioxidants have the ability to protect cells from oxidative stress or damage. Um, now, oxidative stress is implicated in like most of our diseases that we know about. Things like cancer, Alzheimer's, uh, whatever, right? Um, you'll see a lot of uh, people who have these diseases or disorders uh, will have oxidative stress in their cells. Now, back to wine and alcohol in general, I think a lot of the reason that people have come up with the claim that alcohols can be good for your heart um, or being protective to your cells in general is because of the antioxidants that are found within the plants that were used to ferment the alcohol or, you know, ferment. The, the sugars in the plant to create alcohol. Um, now, uh, wine, again, has tons of these polyphenols. Polyphenols are actually part of what makes the color, right? And so uh, one of the like cool uh, things to know about right now, and, and because we're talking about drugs and drinking out of cups, but you know drugs follow food very similarly because they're things that we ingest, right? And that they're chemicals. So um, when it comes down to food, uh, we, we can actually get a lot of antioxidants from food. We can get- uh, you Acai bowls. Yeah, exactly. And so <laughs> uh, one of the things that a lot of people might know from you know, reading articles about like what diets to, to potentially try or, or different things is that colorful vegetables- yeah. are the best things that you could have. The most color Rhubarb. in your diet is the best for you. And the reason that that is, is because the chemicals that are found within foods that create a color, right, these pigments, um, typically contain antioxidants or anti-inflammatory type compounds. Or they are essentially like beta, uh, what is it? Um, oh gosh, um, what's the, the carrot one? Beta carotene, right? Beta carotene is what causes or what what creates the orange color pigment in uh, carrots, but also in um, an orange, right, or a uh, orange bell pepper, right. Beta carotene hmm. is that chemical, and beta carotene has been found to have uh, a lot of really cool benefits to it, right. If you if you were to take it on its own, um, there's always that myth that eating carrots will help you see better, and the reason that that comes doesn't work. It, it doesn't. No, it has nothing to do with that. But essentially what or it means is that- night vision specifically. Night vision, yeah. yeah. And, and, and beta carotene has nothing to do with that. It really essentially is just that beta carotene is really good for cells and specific cells. And so uh, there are compounds found in very, very deep red vegetables like, um, you know, cabbage or rhubarb or uh, wine or grapes, excuse me. For example, like a grape, a red grape is just packed with- chemicals that for one give it the color but those chemicals that give it the color are actually the ones that are super beneficial so long hmm. story short there is this one polyphenol uh, it's called resveratrol uh, it's the one that is found in red wine um, 
and resveratrol is being like heavily studied in um, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, multiple sclerosis, like tons of neurodegenerative conditions um, as a potential treatment, right? And so there is this claim that these types of compounds are beneficial for your heart, are beneficial for, you know, different cells in your body. But just because they are found within an alcoholic containing beverage does not mean that by taking that alcoholic containing beverage, you are going to reap the benefits from these things. Honestly, it's almost like this weird contradictory thing where people just feel that, oh, well, if I... Uh, do something bad, like ingest alcohol to a high extent, get, you know, get drunk, uh, that as long as I have antioxidants involved, then nothing is going to happen. That's just not the case. That's not how this type of thing works. It's not like you can smoke a cigarette and then go and drink a bunch of green tea. You're like, well, tobacco is a vegetable. (laughs) Exactly. Right. (laughs) And there are, that's the weird thing. Okay. So like tobacco itself actually has compounds in it that are good for you. It's a plant. Like plants have hundreds if not thousands of compounds that either we know about or we don't know about and yeah they can have their benefits and they cannot have their benefits they could be worse for you they could be good for you but when it comes down to it ethanol which is what we started this episode with ethyl alcohol really simple fucking chemical right it is not good for your body no like there is no evidence to show that ethanol itself is good for the human body when it comes down to your cells or even like to your mental health, right? Like people mm. will, there's this, there's this thing in the community of college students, right? And younger individuals, maybe who aren't in college, but that alcohol is okay and accepted to use in excess at a bar or a social setting at a friend's house, whatever, because it's what everyone else is doing. And it's, you know, it's readily available at the store. And it's good for studying because stress, it lowers your stress. And, exactly. Yeah. Right. And but, it's so accessible. Why dude, would they sell it in a store if it wasn't good for you? I know. And that's honestly True. the sad part about it is that there are crazy statistics to show that, like, I think it was like in 2015 or something, 89% of adults, like, had consumed an alcoholic beverage at some point in their life. And then 70% had actually drunk alcohol in the last year. in the last month. And finally, it's considered in the Diagnostic Statistical Manual of Psychiatric Disorders or something, the DSM. It's pretty much that book that uh, a psychiatrist would use to, you know, uh, uh, see your symptoms and and, and come up with a diagnosis for you. Uh, Binge drinking is a part of that as an alcohol use disorder. And students, college students will always say that they are not like they would prefer to call themselves like a hedonist rather than a binge drinker or even a recreational alcohol user because they don't view it as something that's actually bad for them. And it's because part of it is like, it's just so accepted in our social communities that alcohol is the drug that you ingest when you're having fun with your friends, when you're celebrating, whatever. You hear all the time, like do it while you're young. Yeah, do it while you're young. Get it out of your system. Yeah, get it out of your system. Take advantage of it while you're young. You know what I mean? And it's like, okay, it's no better for you while you're young, because then you're you're ruining the long run. But also, it's not going to be good for you when you're old. (laughs) Well, and yeah, and so that's actually ties into like my last part when it comes down to science, which I think no, it can't be the last part because we need to talk about methanol. Well, yeah, okay. I'll talk about methanol. 
okay. after this. I really want to. So. Because methanol is honestly a really good point to talk about when it comes down to… Um, Ethanol and just the consumption of alcohol. Sure, yeah. Or yeah. producing it at home. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of people, when they think of methanol… I'll Wait, just, no. Talk about what you wanted to talk about. No, no, no. Because no, okay. I actually think that Sorry. this will go… This will like tie in to oh. the brain stuff that I was going to mention. Okay. Because methanol… Um, is a type of alcohol. Exactly. Yeah, it's methyl alcohol, right? Um, very similar. Very it, like, insanely, incredibly. Yeah, they're they're like like I said in the first part, ethyl alcohol. Ethanol is like the most simple fucking chemical. I think it's literally just like a uh, uh, two like an OH attached to two carbons. It's like one of the most simple compounds. However, methyl alcohol is also incredibly simple, and this is an issue when uh, creating. Distilling. Uh, yeah, distilling. Like making an alcoholic beverage, right? And a lot of people will think that moonshine uh, is the only one that really has like methanol or involves uh, people getting, you know, going blind potentially. Oh, can I talk about that? That's a huge myth is you hear, oh, oh, okay, I was literally given moonshine one time by this old guy who just had it in jars. And he was like, oh, this is the good shit. This is the shit that will make you go blind if you drink too much. And that... To me, a skeptic, it's someone who I have a dangerous curiosity when it comes to anything anyone tells me, I'll just dive right into it. Why did he say that? Um, I went home and I, I, I researched why he said that. Why he said that was a super ignorant view point. Uh, so he said, it's the good shit. It'll make you go blind. That's horrible. That's literally so toxic. That's if there's okay. So what he was referring to was that. A strong moonshine contains a strong enough ethanol to make you go blind. When ethanol has no ability to make your eyesight have... I mean, when you're drunk, you can go like blurry vision or whatever. But it's not going to affect your eyesight for like permanently. It's not going to damage your eyesight. But what he was referring to was methanol, a, a natural byproduct of the distillation of ethanol, which methanol down to a teaspoon level in say like a mason jar a teaspoon of it is enough to make your you go blind and potentially die <laughs> yes a good way to Jesus think of that is like a, a normal shot glass i think is 30 mils yeah 10 mils of a methanol can make you go blind yeah and Holy it fuck yeah and That's a shot insane. of it 30 30 mils can kill you yeah so, Dude, that's so. Why the like fuck? The were, why do they give that to people then? They don't. They Methanol's, don't. It's hundred percent oh. a toxic chemical. It's accidental. Yeah. So it's, wait, it's but so a, this guy that gave you moonshine and said that this is who's the good a shit, stupid hillbilly. Okay, because I was gonna say also the, <laughs> the thing with the, that makes complete sense. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> most hillbillies are stupid. I can say that, I've dude. A lot, lot of my cool family hillbillies. are hillbillies, and a lot of them are fucking idiots. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I mean, so, you're digging your own grave here, <laughs> yo. <laughs> Fuck I've met a lot of cool hillbillies. <laughs> no, I'm joking, dude. Jesus Christ. It's a joke. <laughs> a lot of hillbillies are cool. Just look at NASCAR. Uh, <laughs> no. <but> no. <laughs> well, oh, do, do you guys want to talk about how NASCAR was made? <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it's pretty hold on. I just want to start. I want to. That was one of the things I want to talk about earlier, too, or later, too. But uh, okay. the whole thing with moonshine and people going blind is actually from people. A lot of people were making moonshine in car radiators, which back then were made out of lead. And uh, so a lot of the whole thing of moonshine and people like going blind from moonshine is because of it being made in a car radiator. 
and getting because you can't distill out the methanol. Uh, I don't know about any of that, but lead won't make you go blind. Methanol will. Yeah, exactly. Interesting. Okay, I see. All right. Yeah. Well, and I'm spreading well, misinformation. I apologize. Yeah. No, it's you fine. But like, uh, <laughs> essentially, what it really comes down to is is just the boiling points. What? Interesting. It, what, okay. what, a lot of what it comes down to is the boiling point. And yeah. so that's part of why I started out this like little spiel on the fact that like most people will think of methanol and moonshine as like coinciding and that it's only moonshine that produces methanol. That's actually not true. It's that no matter what, anytime that you are uh, distilling alcohol, like ethyl alcohol, you're going to end up with methanol. Yeah. It's just how it works. And during the beginning of the process, methanol is concentrated at the most. Because it actually has a lower boiling point than um, just ethyl, like ethyl alcohol, ethanol, and water. Um, oh, so right, because the boiling point of alcohol tubes. is less than water, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Ethanol is like 170 something boiling and uh, Fahrenheit, and then um, water is like 212 or some shit. Um, okay. Sure. So what, like, commercial, um, you know, distillers would do is always uh, they would throw out the first batch of the shine or the wine or whatever they are producing um, because of this. So okay. uh, after a certain point, they're able to, you know, like because methanol is a lower boiling point, around 150 Fahrenheit, uh, you're able to get rid of it after the first distilling process. The first time that you distill anything, typically, it's going to taste like shit. Yeah, and it's hmm. gonna taste like just very like like rubbing alcohol, f- fucking flavor, you know, smell, whatever. Yeah, and that's a lot of it is because there's methanol in there. Okay. Now, again, a no small, amount of methanol is safe to ingest. By the way, no amount. No amount, exactly. And the thing is, hmm. is that likely a lot of us have ingested it. You know, uh, if you've ever drank moonshine from a friend or a beer from a friend or wine from a you know local winery that isn't super big. It's very possible that this has happened. But it would be on the, like, very small milliliter level. Oh, yeah. But it still is so damaging to your body. Yeah. Any amount. Part of why that is, is, like, think about this in um, large batches, right? When When you're making moonshine in the middle of the forest during the prohibition and using a car radiator, you're probably making, like, a gallon at most. Yeah. And sure. that means that the level of methanol concentrated in that gallon is going to be a lot higher than if you made a uh, thousand gallons, right? Like at a brewery or a distillery. Um, so when someone is distilling alcohol into whatever flavor they want it to be, whiskey, tequila, whatever, these large batches are making it to where it's possible, like it's, it's, it's okay to drink because there is way less methanol in it, it comes down to like a surface area situation, right? Um, when there's more ethanol, the, the other thing is, is that when it comes down to the chemistry of it, methanol, if you get a little bit in your system or even like, you know, on your skin or something, one of the things that you can do is ingest ethanol to counteract the methanol because what happens because methanol is a byproduct of distilling ethanol, you get the ability to, revert that process when adding ethanol to methanol. So like they'll do their own reaction where methanol, the electrons in methanol will actually be accepted by the ethanol and then you end up getting ethanol. So like if you accidentally ingest methanol, maybe at the lab. And you've worked with it, right? 
Oh yeah, we work with methanol all the time. Methanol and, is like one of the most common uh, solvents or you know uh, just cleaning agents or different things that you use in a laboratory. And racing fuel when it comes to like RC cars and top fuel race cars use methanol because for some reason it has this weird effect when it burns. Uh, so I, I don't know chemical reactions. I'm not a scientist whatsoever uh, or a chemist. Uh, when it burns, it it has its explosion or whatever from the, the like spark and fuel and air or whatever. But then something about it burns cold. Yes. So that's a, that's part of it is that, again, the boiling point uh, of methanol is only 150 degrees. Yeah. It's really low. So you can get all the energy out of methanol that is contained within methanol because, again, energy is not, you know, created or destroyed. It's just transferred. Yeah. And so when you burn methanol, it takes less energy to burn it, meaning less temperature, right? Less heat. Yeah. You get more out of it energy-wise than you would ethanol because it takes less energy to get that. It's about 20 degrees Fahrenheit less. It's super weird when you are around a vehicle running on methanol. Not only will your eyes be burning because it creates such a like toxic gas, essentially. Yeah, it's volatile. Um, If you touch the air intake on a vehicle that is running off methanol, it'll be ice cold. Oh, yeah. When you get get pure methanol on your gloves, even. It's cold. It's cold. Yeah. You feel it and you wow. want to take your gloves off because it almost feels like it got through the glove. Whoa. But it's just it's just part of how it, you know, it's just part of uh, how the chemical feels. And there's like, like all different chemicals have their own uh, properties like this. And, you know, it's not to like uh, necessarily inform you anything specific as to what that is. It's just very interesting, right? Yeah, we're just, I think it was just important to um, highlight the the dangerous chemical that's a natural byproduct of creating ethanol, the thing we all drink. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Um, So then the only other thing that I really wanted to mention that I think is incredibly important when it comes to ethanol is how addiction works, um, you know, in the brain. And um, the DSM will now call, um, you know, it's been been a considered uh, uh, disease, right? But obviously this is convoluted between other people. But uh, alcohol use disorder. Now, alcohol use ah. disorder has you know a wide range of symptoms. Um, now, if if you fit these symptoms, you will possibly be diagnosed as someone who has an alcohol use disorder. And um, alcohol use disorder really it just comes down to like uh, people who are abusing alcohol for whatever reason, right? But ingesting alcohol more than you know, a few times a day or more than, you know, a few times a week or potentially every day can be considered an alcohol use disorder. And the effects that uh, chronic alcohol consumption can have on the brain are pretty scary, uh, mainly because it affects a lot of different regions of the brain that are very important for our typical, you know, daily functions. And one of the biggest ones is the prefrontal cortex. Uh, the prefrontal cortex, uh as the name states, is uh, an area of your brain that is, um, you know, towards the front <laughs> of your head. Uh, and uh, the cortex is actually the outer layer of your brain. It's it's the, the newest part of the brain that was developed, in a sense. Um, and a lot of our functions actually 
go on in the cortex. And um, the prefrontal cortex has a lot to do with things like um, mediating uh, decision-making and executive function, the ability to uh, stop thinking about one thing and sort of multitask and think about something else at the same time. Okay. And you'll see uh, disorders like uh, ADHD are really affected by, um, you know, reduced executive function in the prefrontal prefrontal cortex. Now, alcohol, uh, when it is ingested and it goes into the brain and it attaches to different receptors, uh, it attaches to receptors that are actually quite surprising and something that, like a lot of us may not have known about and some of the the more common ones are i mean of course gaba right yeah. gaba is uh our neurotransmitter in our body and that why is, it affects sleep so bad yeah no exactly so uh gaba is essential for um sort of uh reducing neuronal activity right um, meaning there's electrical activity going on between your neurons, your brain cells, and when GABA is induced or activated, it actually makes it to where neurons are uh, communicating less, in a sense, right? There's, there's, there's a diminished effect going on, and it can, um, psych- uh, psychotropically, it could be considered a, um, a relaxing thing, right? So if you induce GABA, and GABA is being sent between neurons, uh, you're likely to feel relaxed. Now, the opposite of that would be this neurotransmitter glutamate, which we'll talk about a bunch in our uh, stimulant drug episodes, things like methamphetamine. Um, they inhibit glutamate. And glutamate, like the best way I like to think of it is that glutamate's almost like the opposite of GABA when it comes down to what they do to neurons. And so when you ingest alcohol, it induces this GABA neurotransmitter, and GABA goes and tells neurons to pretty much just chill out, stop doing what they're doing. That's part of why we have this feeling that alcohol relaxes us and makes us, you know, um, more able to maybe talk to that cute girl or uh, whatever, right? It, it, it Part of the GABA in, induction has a lot to do with the um, behavioral effects that you see with drugs like alcohol and uh, benzodiazepines, which benzodiazepines affect GABA in a very, very similar way as alcohol. And we'll talk about that a lot in their own episodes, but... Uh, essentially like that, that, that um, you know, m- boosted confidence that a lot of people may get with alcohol comes down to this GABA neurotransmitter. Um, that I- if your body is more relaxed, you are likely going to have less of this like uh, fear of saying something bad or doing something bad, right? That's part of why like a lot of us would agree that most people who uh, are drinking alcohol typically do things that they didn't really want to do or may not normally have done because I'll they talk have about that in experience. Yeah, they have lo- <laughs> like lowered inhibitions. Like it's just it's one of the biggest effects of alcohol, and that all comes down to the GABA thing. Yeah. Um, now, for addiction, the main thing that I really wanted to talk about was that like chronic alcohol abuse, in a sense, or use, whatever. It does affect more than just the prefrontal cortex. Uh, It affects the frontal cortex, the uh, striatum, which is where a lot of dopaminergic neurons are uh, hanging out, as well as the hippocampus, which is the region of the brain that is involved or most uh, necessary for memory uh, consolidation. Uh, The amygdala, which is super, super important for your fear and uh, emotional processing, and also the midbrain. And so uh, there is a pathway now between a few of these um, regions of the brain that is called 
in the literature right now, the reward pathway. And essentially, the reward pathway is induced by any drug or anything that makes you feel good and produces all these effects in these specific regions of the brain. And what happens with addiction is that it's, it comes down to a neurogenesis and a synaptogenesis argument that with addiction, you are having changes in specific regions of the brain, this reward pathway between these you know few regions that are actually sort of permanent in a way. It's not permanent because that's not how the brain works. The brain is what we would like to call plastic, meaning it can be changed, it can mend, it can do all these things. I mean, part of what synaptogenesis is, right, is synaptic plasticity. And a lot of what synaptic plasticity has to do with is that the brain has the ability to change, right? Now, with addiction, the reason that a lot of scientists and uh, physicians, people in the medical community will call it a disease is because of this, is because of the fact that addictive drugs and addictive things, whatever, whether it be sex, food, whatever, they affect this region, these few regions of the brain, the exact same way. And they cause these changes very quickly. So if you become addicted to a substance, there are chemical and physical changes happening in the brain in a pathway that is now deemed the reward pathway. And that is my biggest argument to why addiction is considered a disease. A lot of people will say, if you had the choice to pick up that beverage and drink it and continue to drink it and become an addict, you are, you don't, you don't have a disease. You chose this for yourself. Well, I think what you're saying too is that whole thing of, oh, I worked a 10 hour day. I deserve a beer and, 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 and you're going to drink that beer and you do five days a week, you work that job and every single day you get home and you say, okay, I'm going to drink a beer. I earn this, right? That's a reward. That's a reward that, that will influence your brain chemistry and your reward pathway in, in teaching yourself that this is your reward for this action. Yep. So therefore you're gaining an addiction, whether you know it or not, by rewarding yourself with, um, I went skating today. I exercised. I, you know, I did all these things. I had a long week. I'm going to drink this thing. Those are causing chemical changes within your brain to that's normalizing it inside your brain. You're needing it at that point. It's not necessarily what you cognitively believe, but it, it is happening. Yeah, and that's actually exactly where like the last little part of what I have to say is it comes down to what we've talked about in previous episodes, but tolerance, right? And how tolerance works with addiction and how it works with withdrawal. So if you get to a point where your body uh, needs a substance to uh, act the way that it should, meaning you have a tolerance to it, right? Um, if you tried to cold turkey, meaning uh, stop drinking alcohol immediately, after having been drinking alcohol daily, potentially for a few years or whatever, you are likely going to experience withdrawals that are so similar to the withdrawals that you would see in someone who is getting off of Xanax or Valium, which are benzodiazepines, and it's fatal. It can be fatal. And that comes down to, again, the GABA thing. If you constantly activate GABA receptors over a long period of time, you will develop a tolerance to it. 
to that. And what happens is the brain and the body, all these GAP receptors have been so used to just hanging out and being chill that when you take it away, the electrical activity can cause seizures. It'll just go haywire. And that's exactly, yeah. A seizure is uncontrolled electrical activity in the brain and the body. And a seizure is likely going to happen if you have been drinking alcohol for years, every single day, dampening all these GABA receptors, not even dampening technically, actually activating them, right? Inducing GABA in your body. If you take that away, your body will go, holy shit, what the fuck? It'll freak out electrically and you can have a seizure. And a seizure can kill you. And that is part yeah. of why alcohol, it's benzodiazepines, and barbiturates are fatal. They, they are 100% fatal when it comes to getting off of them. Uh, it's not like everyone is going to die, but if you are an alcoholic and you have had a seizure from alcohol trying to withdraw from it, you have to pretty much go to detox. You have to go to a center where a you nurse- You have to keep drinking. <laughs> yeah, either you Almost keep drinking- in a way. Or you go to a- Like you have to weaned off. What you're saying yes. is you cannot cold turkey. You have to, with alcohol, with benzodiazepines, with barbiturates, you cannot cold turkey if you've been an addict long enough. No. Or those are the three chemicals known that you can just die. Yeah, from yeah, family, family of compounds. Yeah, yep. and and that's that's yep. the biggest part that I think is like important to touch on is that a lot of us in the United States, because alcohol is so accepted in our community, uh, it's something that a lot of us try when maybe we're in our our teenage years, like fourteen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or like right out of high school. Like I know a lot of people who didn't start drinking until they're twenty one, but as right. soon as they started drinking at twenty one. I mean, most of us abuse alcohol. Yeah. Like, it, like we could all agree normal. that we abuse it. We should not be going out every Friday, Saturday night and drinking with friends, but yet we do it. It's just like a normal thing. Now, a lot of the people who are using alcohol don't really know how dangerous it is. And I will touch on the fact that I do have a family member who is experiencing this in the, in, right now. And At all a very I would, young at, age. A very young age, 31 or 32 years old. And... Uh, the the issue with it that I, I really think is important for everyone to know is that alcohol is fatal, not only when you're using it, but when you're trying to get off of it after being an alcohol user for a long period of time. And right. this all comes down to, again, the GABA thing, but as well as, uh, you know, do not mix drugs that also induce GABA with alcohol. So opioids, uh, uh, weirdly enough, alcohol actually attaches to opioid receptors in the brain as well. So it kind of has some of the similar effects that opioids might have in the sense that it will uh, make your gag reflex go away. It will also make your uh, like breathing deplete. So, And then I think the last thing we should probably touch on with this is the, uh, the if you pass out from alcohol you, and you think you get 12 hours of sleep, right? You were just, you, you passed out at two in the morning and you woke up at two in the afternoon. You didn't sleep. Oh yeah, that, I mean that's and that's actually a big part of it too. Is that alcohol does not actually help your sleep whatsoever, no. even if you think that it helps you get to sleep quicker. You're not sleeping. It is. It, it interferes with the REM cycles sleep. of sleep. Very not even just REM. It in, it interferes with stage one, two, three, four, and REM. And uh, part of that is, you know, people think that they have bad sleep just because they can't get to sleep. Yeah. Alcohol will relax you. It'll make your central nervous system chill. So yeah, you may get to sleep quicker, but the sleep that you have is essentially 
not good for you at all. Whereas sleep is one of the best things that you could ever do. Like if we're going to talk about the best drug in the world, it's sleep. Yeah. And alcohol interferes with sleep uh, in every single human the same exact way. So yeah, essentially, long story short, alcohol <laughs> in excess is just not good for you at, at all. And, uh, you know, do not mix drugs that act in the brain similarly to alcohol. Uh, these would be benzos, opioids, um, you know, barbiturates, uh, even ketamine, right? Because um, as I said earlier, uh, alcohol also attaches to those NMDA receptors, um, which ketamine does. So anyway, long story short, uh, I think that most of us would agree alcohol is not the best thing to do. It's highly toxic, but just be careful with it, you know, uh, be careful with mixing things with it. And also be careful if you have been an alcohol user for a long period of time in your life. Uh, if you are trying to get off of it, I would definitely recommend reaching out to healthcare professionals um, to help you with it rather than doing it on your own because it's just not safe. It's not a good idea. Right. No, with that being said, though, info, dude. it is never going to stop being part of our culture, our society. And I, I know none of the three of us will probably be, you know, completely sober from it for the rest of our lives. It is going to continue to be around. It, it, I think what we're just trying to say is, you know, uh, know the dangers of the substances you're putting into your body. Yeah, 100%. So with, with that, it's, it, it is such a big impact on humanity and it's never going to stop being an impact. So we might as well talk about the impact that it's made on humanity and the, the cultural significance it's kind of had with, with it, 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 so many movies, so many songs, so many TV shows, so many, every, everything, everything is influenced by alcohol. So yeah. Ryan, you want to freaking tell us some things, you know, <laughs> about Nah, I'm Life? good. I think I think. Okay. We've covered. <laughs> All right. <later>. <laughs> See you guys Monday. I, I like I like how he said that that he his Discord thing went. Just <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fucking log off and just like All right, I've had enough, guys. <laughs> that was enough of this episode. Micah killed it. Slam dunk. Let's go. <laughs> Wait, yeah. When's it, when's it, when's your flight? Yeah. Uh, it's actually right now. I'm missing it. Ryan, <laughs> put your shirt back on, dude, again. <laughs> dude, I'm fucking sweaty from the COVID. Okay. Put your fucking mask on, you piece of shit. <laughs> dude, how the fuck are people supposed to hear me if I have a mask on, dude? Oh, what that's what they all say. Him and I have been sharing God a pop damn. filter this whole time. So. You know what? <laughs> Micah, let me eat your hairy butthole. <laughs> oh, my fucking God. Move, move, Ryan, I gave you such a beautiful segue. I know. Sorry. I tried. I tried hard on that, that one. I felt like I really, out. really gave you a, a, a layup right there. Dude, no, the COVID just made my brain like mush, dude. Like, yeah, fucking, I, my yeah. brain is like you. You, you have working. a pass this week because you have COVID, but next yeah. week. Have Dude, no next excuse. week, yeah, I apologize. No, my brain just stopped working. So, anyways, I'll I'll, <laughs> I'll fucking throw a marker and drink some uh, fucking wait, alcohol. No, there's no God marker. This is this is uh, all staying in. Oh, all right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I know. I felt bad because I'm the only one not drinking, just because I literally can't go get. I can't leave my house, dude. I have to stay. You home. have GoPuff. Yeah, I mean, I've just been smoking weed, dude. You know what? What's better for the lungs than oh, yeah. fucking cannabis? Right, yeah. Have has COVID drinks or fucking Smoke doesn't things. drink alcohol but smokes weed. <laughs> yeah, what else am I gonna do to cure COVID, dude? Take the vaccine? Yeah. Nah, I'll, dude. I'll give you some money. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. No, actually, dude. Oh. 
I was only sick for like one day because of COVID. I mean, I feel fine today besides a runny nose. Like, so vaccine works. Anyways, <laughs> some of the culture, I mean, there's so much to talk about with culture of alcohol because it's been around for so long and how much it's affected so many different cultures and different people and, you know, just over the years with pop culture, what with music, with and movies. What can you do with a drunken sailor? What can you do with a drunken sailor? Literally everything. <laughs> I mean, dude, Pirates of the Caribbean with the rum, dude? I mean, you know, fucking, let's go. No, just real life pirates. Yeah, I mean. Wait, Johnny yeah. Depp wasn't real? Yeah, no, Johnny <laughs> Depp is real, Micah. <laughs> Captain Jack Sparrow was also real, dude. <laughs> Anyways, so no, fuck gonna, Amber Heard. Oh, 100%. All my homies hate Amber Heard. Yo, <laughs> what? You think you're better than me? I'm gonna, you think you're better than me? Yeah. I'm going to yeah, shit on your bed, so. dude. dude no, please, fuck please do. If you don't throw me out some content to talk about. <laughs> All right. Yeah, so I'm going to like, take us back us to good, the uh, good. I'm going to take us back to the to the olden times of um Greek Greek days, dude. So I already spoke about the whole thing with Egypt and how they were, you know, giving people beer to work on the pyramids, which is fucking pretty awesome. Uh, yeah. So one of the things in Greek culture uh, was wine. It was a big, you know, big thing in Greek culture. And so much so that they even had a god named Dionysus uh, that they considered, uh, you know, a god from wine. Essentially, it was like their wine god. Uh, and was the god of fertility, ritual madness, and ecstasy. Uh, pretty, pretty interesting. That's um, so sick. Dude, yeah. And so uh, he basically represented the median between the living and the dead, which is a very interesting thing to be based off of wine. That's weird that it's wine and, and things like that, but then also the living and the dead. Yeah, exactly. It's very, very strange. But hey, what's, whatever gets you through the day, dude, you know? Uh, yeah. and then, so, uh, then the Roman, uh, the Roman writers actually praised wine and even condemned drinking water. <laughs> so uh, that's interesting. Um, they, the, the Romans had so many different ideas on alcohol and they even wrote like, there was a whole, I can't remember what it's called, but they wrote a whole story based off of drink getting drunk and like pillaging essentially <laughs> uh but i can't remember what it's called but it, it was just an idea a writer came up with and just wrote a whole story about um so and then china was the first country to distill spirits with yeast fermented bases and yeah. uh you know the chinese were also essentially the same people that uh i mean you know we talked about earlier they're the same people that Basically, alcohol started in that area and were also some of the first to distill alcohol. So they've been just killing it from day one, dude. Shout out China, dude. They gave dude, us alcohol and COVID. That's <laughs> <laughs> Shout out China, dude. Do you, th do you think that fucking... Do you think that alcohol was also started in Wuhan? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Shout out Wuhan, dude. So, uh, no, I said, Shut up. <laughs> So, uh, so, uh, <laughs> so similar to other cultures in China, alcohol was actually I'll considered sacred. And, uh, so they drank at weddings, festivals, holidays, uh, and the Chinese actually believe that alcohol could heal and prevent disease, it which can. we actually, we just, went over well, that. we just went over that and, you know, obviously can't, uh, no, it can, it can, <laughs> no, Sorry, it, I, it, I'll no. shut up. Yeah, you're you're wrong, Raven. You're spreading misinformation. <laughs> you're you're wrong. Um, 
So uh, in all these other in all of these cult- ancient cultures, alcohol was used for a variety of medical purposes. Uh, you know what they thought were medical purposes, like keeping wounds sterile, which I guess makes sense because alcohol, uh, you know, keeps things <laughs> sterile. Uh, but then also relieving headaches, preventing colds, and strengthening the immune system, which we again discussed earlier, is not actually true. Um, I mean, I would say that it does prevent headaches. I mean, yeah, and, uh, you know, I would say that and the, you know, keeping, the, like, wounds sterile and stuff are the, probably the only medical things it is useful for. Yeah. Everything else is a myth. Uh, yeah, and, you throw 100% alcohol, 200 proof on a wound, that's going to sterilize it. Oh, dude, you ain't getting infected at all, dude. You just can't, you're no. getting infected with fucking kitten fucked up. <laughs> well, Micah, is alcohol, like, can you get drunk from putting it, uh, like, onto a wound? Um, I mean, yeah, so essentially, like, if you have open, um, like an open wound that where there's blood involved, like, yes, technically anything that you added to that wound could get into your bloodstream. Um, it just comes down to a concentration, right? Like, comes down to the volume. If you had a, you know, a, a wound that needs stitches, for example, Right or is potentially um, a wound that had a certain artery severed um, that goes quickly to the heart. If you add a drug to it or whatever, um, it's very possible that yeah, it, it'll get there. It, it'll you, it'll find its way there. Now, um, a alcohol swab, right, or a, like a little pad that you use to clean your um, injection site off after a vaccine that is not going to get you drunk at all. Like, it's just not possible because it's such a low volume. Um, however, this comes down to, like, people who have ever put alcohol into mucous membranes that they may not typically have wanted to Are you put. talking about butt chugging? I am. <laughs> <laughs> but also, but, but also, sublingual ingestion of things like tinctures, right? Right. So a lot of tinctures are dissolved in ethanol. Right. right. So that they can be effectively absorbed through your mucous membranes in under your tongue. Um, meaning they don't go through that first past metabolism effect that I was talking about earlier, where like if you ingest a drug orally, it goes through the stomach, then it goes through the liver. If you can put a drug on your mucous membranes, like your nose, your, your anus, uh, under the tongue, wherever, uh, it's possibly going to get fully absorbed through those uh, cells, in a sense, in those areas, quicker and more effectively than uh, if it were to be ingested orally. Um, and have to pass through your liver. So I guess the yeah. last thing I want to ask you, is it, is it technically safer to butt chug alcohol? Absolutely not. <laughs> Why would you have asked that after what I just said? <laughs> Were you even listening, you fucking idiot? You fucking dumbass bitch, bro. <laughs> Safer for your liver, though. Uh, but uh, I, you were yes. talking about you yeah. were talking about tinctures and uh, you know uh, and alcohol and stuff. Uh, that's also what they uh, you know mix LSD with is uh, you know alcohol a lot of times. Yeah, well, I mean, and, and a lot of that has to do with just the fact that alcohol um, has the ability to. Uh, sort of preserve things, um, right. and, and and keep part of that too is that like water likes to accept all kinds of bacteria 
and different kinds of living organisms because most living organisms use water to survive. And so water sitting there will just like accept all kinds of nasty shit that you don't want. Um, Whereas alcohol is an antiseptic, right? It it will block off all that extra toxic, you know, whatever it is, bacteria, shit that you don't want. And so a lot of drugs, uh, LSD, THC, whatever, are dissolved in uh, alcohol so that they have a a longer shelf life. Now, one of the things that I did want to kind of mention just because of what you said earlier is like when alcohol does go through the liver, that alcohol dehydrogenase enzyme that I was talking about earlier, it produces a chemical called acetaldehyde, which is incredibly toxic and is actually considered a carcinogen. So acetaldehyde is why you end up having a lot of uh, toxic you know, body effects from alcohol. Alcohol can cause heart disease. Alcohol can ca- cause cancer. It's not ethanol that's doing this. It's actually acetaldehyde. And that is because of the fact that it was metabolized in your liver. Now, butt chugging, like you were mentioning, (laughs) could be safer due to the fact that acetaldehyde is not being produced from ADH in the liver. But the problem with that is that your body does that on purpose. It does it so that alcohol doesn't kill you. (laughs) Right? Okay, so you just butt chug a beer or two at night. Sure. But okay, actually, but that would probably be worse putting for a, your brain, though. Yes, and putting okay. 12 ounces of beer, 5% <laughs> beer up your anus can actually kill some people. Yeah. Like, Damn. if you are completely, uh, what would you say, like, uh, uh, naive to alcohol, yeah. then you put alcohol in your vein or your butt for the first time you ever ingest it, you are likely going to end up in the hospital. <laughs> Fuck, I gotta right. go, guys. <laughs> oh, fuck, dude. We thought that the alcohol was good for the fucking COVID, dude. When I started God putting that syringe it. up your ass, I'm so sorry. Dude. Ah, fuck, guys. This is... I really this thought we were bad. doing something good for me. This, this is, is bad, guys. Well, at least you'll get like a refund on the plane ticket, you know? Yo, it's a good point. Trump's Shout out next American Airlines. announcement. It's no longer Lysol drinking Lysol. It's gonna be butt chug. Yeah, you you fucking heard it here first. Drinking out of cups, drinking uh, out of your butt. <laughs> butt chugging is good for COVID. <laughs> drinking out of your butt. <laughs> booth crew. Hey, yo, dude, we need a booth butts. crew. Dude, we should just honestly, we should just change the podcast name to Booth Crew. Or drinking out of butts. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just imagining Bigfoot. No, oh no, 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 no. All right. Let's get back on track here, boys. Okay. So speaking of butt chugging, actually, this has nothing to do with butt chugging, but I do want to talk about moonshine a little bit. Okay. <laughs> What? That I fucking Sasquatch was out there fucking no. making moonshine, dude? Okay. Yeah, I mean, it did, ahead, you know, Ryan. moonshine Ryan. started. <laughs> so, okay. So, moonshine started in the Appalachian Mountains, <laughs> which is, you know, some people, which I don't think is true. Some people think Bigfoot originated from the Appalachian Mountains, but I think he originated from the Pacific Northwest, which is a lot of people do. You're wrong. Um, but, okay. I think you're a fucking idiot. Shut up. You should watch Hellier, but anyway, go ahead. Just kidding. Sorry, that was rude. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, um, 
So anyways, the, you know, talking about moonshine, uh, I kind of wanted to just go earlier. We kind of briefed, uh, briefly mentioned NASCAR. Uh, so, so, so bootleggers would deliver moonshine and often have to run from the law because, you know, moonshine was illegal. Uh, I think, is it technically still, I don't know if it's technically still, I don't know. Anyways. Uh, um, yes, it is in a sense. It's, it's like. It's like 190 proof whiskey. It's like right. almost pure ethanol. And yes, it is still technically illegal to sell moonshine without a license. And I think there is a law prohibiting the amount of alcohol content you can sell with certain licenses. Anyway, I think in a lot of states, it is illegal to moonshine. Yes. And I think in most states, if not all gotcha. of them. Gotcha. Yeah, I was going to say because… Just distilling alcohol in general. But. You have to pretty much have a license, no matter right. what. Well, and also there was literally whiskey... a discovery show that was moonshiners, like recently, <laughs> that was talking about how it's still illegal. So, okay, interesting. Okay, well, and then whiskey is also um, it can't be over like a certain proof, uh, which obviously moonshine is and is whiskey. Well, because moonshine is just rye alcohol, which is whiskey, right? Uh, Typically, and you could yeah. make moonshine out of fucking potato. Well, that, but it wouldn't be the same. Never mind. Yeah. No, you, you were correct about the rye. Uh, so, anyways, um, so when you know when bootleggers would be delivering moonshine, they would often have to run from the law uh, because you know they'd be making deliveries. All of a sudden, a cop sees them or whatever, and, you know, may recognize this person as a known moonshiner or something. And so, you know, just like the Dukes of Hazard boys, just fucking ripping off. And uh, so, on they would you know run from the law, hopefully get away. And then on their off days when they weren't delivering moonshine, they would race each other, uh, and which then, you know, became the pastime of what eventually became NASCAR. And um, so... You know what NASCAR stands for, right? uh, I don't That's a nice car. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, And I think, I don't remember (laughs) the exact names of the the people, but uh, there were... There was known moonshiners that basically invent, invested into the company of what became NASCAR. Uh, and very interesting uh, just that they basically moonshining started NASCAR, gave them their start. Pretty fucking great, dude. Uh, yeah. Which then brings me into my next topic. Well, honestly, uh, moonshining uh, created the – it was the birth of all car – sports essentially because yeah. nascar w- was like one of the first ones i think yeah right or was no, it you, you're, that? i don't know i don't know enough about the history of motorsports but i think nascar was before f1 but i'm not sure uh anyways yeah, i'm not sure someone call us out on that uh <laughs> yeah so yeah hit us up on the uh, <laughs> on the instagram if you know yeah the history drinking out of cups podcast uh so well this brings me into my next thing of you know country music and how moonshine is influenced, uh, or I guess country music is influenced by moonshine, uh, and also you know racing, you know sports, racing sports, racing, racing. Uh, so George Jones had a song called "White Lightning," referring to moonshine, which actually wasn't written. Oh, I thought by it was George about Jones. meth this whole time. Wait, MDA? 
<laughs> what? <laughs> no, dude, come on. The best, the best family fucking heady MDA, MDA bills that were ever made by the Grateful Dead. Come on. Mike, I'm going to fuck guys. you up, dude. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that you don't know about White Lightning. I do know what you're saying. Ryan, I put do your know what you're saying. shirt back on. Oh, my God. <laughs> guys, I got titties to show. I'm going to fucking show them, dude. Free the nipple. <laughs> you think you're better than me? Yeah, no, I do. I'm on the titties. <laughs> put barbecue sauce on the titties. <laughs> uh, anyways, so... Uh, George Jones had this song, you know, by Moonshine. George Jones is very known to be a very heavy drinker all the time. And oftentimes, you know, this is alleged. I don't know if this is actually true. Off, apparently, whenever he would get his keys taken away for being too drunk or whatever, uh, he would fucking drive his lawnmower to either go to the liquor store or go to a bar to get drunk. And I was just like, dude, God bless, man. Like, that is fucking so great. So shout out George Jones. Um, I would say yeah. probably one of the early one of the early people in making riding lawnmowers uh, a thing, which probably came into you know racing lawnmowers. Uh, so shout out George Jones, dude, fucking the man. Can I just can I add in what my favorite uh, cultural reference of all time? Oh, for just sure. Because uh, so my favorite movie of all time is The Princess Bride. Judge me if you will. Oh, it's God. the best movie ever. Yeah, uh, right. uh, <laughs> in that okay. movie, stars Andre the Giant, professional wrestler, actor, wrestling, huge, huge individual. He was gigantic. He's the fucking um, man. He's like seven four, I think. What? I'm pretty sure Andre the Giant's like seven four. Wait, is that the guy that was in uh, Happy Gilmore? Uh, no, he wasn't in Happy Gilmore. No, that I know you're thinking of that. I don't know. That's not him, though. The guy that got the, the nail gun in the yeah. head? No, <laughs> yeah. no, no, it wasn't him. <laughs> um, so Andre the Giant, his beer record that he claimed was 119 beers in one sitting. Jesus Christ. But That's awesome. The yeah. WWE Legends claims that he drank 156 beers in one night. That's impressive. That's a so lot. So 119 beers in six hours was his claimed record. 119. That's super impressive. Wow. I could do uh, that's not impressive. That's fucking <laughs> insane. Oh, it that's, is insane. But that's, I mean, he's a, only, that's a lot. Have you ever looked up a, a picture of a beer can in his hand? Uh, No, but I'm sure it's, it's cartoonish. Tiny. Yeah. <laughs> dude, Andre the Giant's <gasps> massive, dude. He's why they call him dude, Andre yeah. the Giant. What the fuck? Yeah, he was massive. It's literally like he's holding a fucking, like, I don't know, like a little vial of something. He was 7'4", yeah. <laughs> 520 pounds. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Dude, that's fucking insane. That's like four of me. <laughs> Are like you, dude, rhino. that is tiny. Holy fuck. Jesus Christ. That Wow. All right, All right everybody. Shout go look out Andre, Andre the, the Giant. Giant beer can. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're going to take a pause really quick. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, wait, well, speaking of someone drinking a hundred and fucking fifty something beers in a day. No, don't talk about it. I don't want people to know. <laughs> I really shout don't. Out, that was a shout bad out, day. Uh, <laughs> shout out Wade Boggs. Yeah, Wade Boggs. <laughs> Professional it's baseball player. It's always sunny player, in Philadelphia. Dude. Yo, shout out my boys, dude. It's always sunny. Uh, so, shout out Wade Boggs. Apparently, allegedly, and he also confirmed this in an interview, drank 
over a hundred beers in a day and would often drink anywhere from 60 to a hundred beers during a day, just all the time, every day. And whenever they this were doing dude road was trips, so coked out, dude, whenever he was doing road trips, they would just fucking, he would constantly be drinking. And, and dude, apparently this dude had some of the, one of the best, like, like eyesight in baseball, like would fucking never miss a mark. Dude it was, it, dude rips third baseman, always throwing the first killing it every time, dude. This was so, also before they started super heavy uh, drug testing. So, and, and that's when cocaine was huge in baseball. Yeah, I was gonna say this was. I think this was during the eighties. So, yeah, uh, yeah. Shout out Wade Boggs, <laughs> fucking killing it. And dude, Wade Boggs was not a big guy. Like he's, I mean, you know, he's not Andre the Giant big. So drinking a hundred beers in a day is absolutely insane. Like, yeah, for like a normal sized individual. That doesn't yeah. weigh 500 pounds. Dude, yeah. So, shout out Wade Boggs. Honestly, he could probably out-drink Andre the Giant. Did you no. guys know why he was able to? Because <laughs> he was on cocaine and steroids. No, no I'm, it's actually I don't because know. He, so he had a hollow leg. Um, what? I read that, but I thought that was a joke. Well, yeah. So, he says that it goes down there, and uh, I j- he just takes it off and dumps it. <laughs> Oh my god, you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> I thought you were about to learn me with some science shit. And I was just like, dude, I read that. No, and I dude, thought that was a joke. Please don't trust anything I ever say. Yeah, don't Especially listen to the, just the skip over the science. <laughs> yeah, skip over yeah, the science. Yeah, the science section. shit, you could just cut out. It's never All true. Right. Will do, will do. Uh, I got my degree in psychology. Come on, don't listen to me. <laughs> you fucking yeah, want to be scientist. Yeah, you only worked in research for years. I'm practically Sigmund <laughs> Freud, just fucking in the 21st century, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, mom. <laughs> oh my God. All right. So, anyways, back to country music. <laughs> <laughs> so Hank uh, I want to talk about Hank Williams a little bit Which uh, one? The first The OG okay. Hank Williams So The third dude is died my favorite at, Dude died at fucking 29 So the fact that we even have Hank Williams the second or the third is Awesome So Shout out Hank Williams for fucking having kids Early on And fucking just getting hammered all the time dude So Getting it uh, in Yeah dude for sure Hella getting it in dude uh, Hank Williams was known to be drinking a lot and ended up dying at 29 due to heart failure from alcohol and morphine and also chloral hydrate, which apparently was a uh, thing back in those days. It's a sedative used for insomnia. And uh, interesting. so, yeah, fucking v- dude overdosed on all of those things and died. So that, 29. that probably went along with what Micah was saying was uh, the, ga- the like a GABA um uh, receptor kind of deal, it being like a sedative sleep, uh, yeah, medication, Chlor- chlorohydrate, yeah, yeah. So that's probably all three of those things mixed with opium. Yeah, it's gonna yep. be bad for you. <laughs> yeah, for sure, dude. So, R.I.P. Hank Williams. Shout out Hank Williams for having kids and bringing us country music for fucking decades. You know, yeah. he's the man. So, uh, anyways, uh, that's really all I want to talk about with past culture type of stuff. I kind of want to move into modern culture a little bit and, uh, just talk about like, uh, generally how, well, it's still, still kind of country music, but generally how in country music it is, I mean, in all pop culture, it's very prominent and just even, you know, uh, glorified, uh, but especially in country music where a lot of very glorified. 
yeah, it, in a lot of bands and, you know, artists uh, say that tailgating is just as important as the actual show uh, they're putting on. So a lot of people go to country shows, uh, you know, literally just to get drunk and shit and fucking tailgate and, you know, football with tailgating and stuff like that. Like, right. Just super, super prominent in those societies. And, uh, it's funny, actually, a study conducted by Northwestern University found that in the years of 2007 to 2016, 22.7% of songs on the end of year Billboard Hot 100 mention alcohol. So basically 20, yeah. 22 songs out of 100 songs mention alcohol at least once. I which would shows speculate. I would speculate that sports, what you were saying with tailgating, I would speculate that sports would not still exist in the capacity that they do in modern times without the consumption of alcohol. Oh, for sure, dude. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You're, people go to football games just to get drunk and watch football and people hitting each other and shit. And right. same with fucking boxing, UFC, fucking people racing lawnmowers, NASCAR, dude. Fucking people run around. very animalistic. Yeah, people run around screaming, show me your butthole, dude. Show me your butthole. You you literally (laughs) coming all the way up here to Portland with COVID just to fucking drink with us and talk about alcohol. I know. Yeah, I mean, dude, it's it's part of the culture, And watch football. All we've been doing since you've been here is watching football (laughs) and rooting for our favorite teams like the the St. Patrick 57s and the... the, (laughs) The Detroit sick ones. All I know is that football players are pussy. You catch the ball. Catch the ball. Yeah, right. Catch the ball. Fuck it. Don't forget my head. Throw the ball. Catch the ball. Don't forget about the uh, Tampa Bay Underwaters. <laughs> They're pretty the, sick too. The Portland soon to be on the ground. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. So you know, all of those. It's just so popular in modern culture, uh, and so data from BU and Johns Hopkins found that alcohol is mostly pre- prevalent in hip hop, country, and pop music, uh, especially in hip hop music. So thirty-seven points. <laughs> not Christian rock. Surprisingly, I thought it was going to be Christian rock, but it was wrong. So uh, most prevalent in hip hop, which is 37.7% of the songs that they looked at. Uh, and then followed by country, which is 32%. Followed by pop, which is 30.5%. So, I mean, dude, if you listen to most most music these days with hip hop, I mean, you hear and it's all about popping bottles, fucking getting fucked. I mean, listen, that song fucking Tipsy uh, by Jay Kwan. That's like, literally the song I had in my head. <laughs> dude, he's literally, dude, synchronicity is crazy all, all yeah. this week, man. Everybody so, dude, literally at the beginning, he's just like... And there's fucking, so many fucking songs, yeah. Teen. Drinking is very bad. But, yo, I got a fake idea, <laughs> <you know. laughs> So, yeah, I mean, dude, it's just so prevalent in, in modern culture of hip-hop. It's it, it's everywhere. A lot of people go to club, go to the club, just get fucked up and listen to fucking hip-hop. And then, you know, whatever. I mean, dude, when I went to fucking Lovers and Friends, shout out Lovers and Friends. I'm a survivor of Lovers and Friends, dude. Uh, dude, they're, literally, they had more alcohol set up than they had food set up, like, 
like there Jeez. were so many tents just selling alcohol and there was like only a few places where you're able to get food and water and stuff like but you look <laughs> around everywhere like else Vegas. fucking alcohol for 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 days so shout out live nation for almost killing me Dude, that's um, literally just Vegas as an industry. Vegas runs yeah. off of alcohol sales. Well, not even alcohol sales. They run off free alcohol. If you're sitting there betting money at a table, they bring you free alcohol. Because what does alcohol do? It lowers your cognitive function to make rational decisions. And you're going to start just betting money that you don't have the bet. And they're going to keep bringing you alcohol for free. Dude, yeah, when we went to the casino, Justice and Marissa both got fucking free drinks, like, because they were just sitting playing fucking roulette for days. And yeah. uh, me and Allison were being chumps. We fucking walked around. We were playing all sorts of other fun games and paying for our drinks because we never sat somewhere long enough to fucking actually <laughs> get free drinks. So, yeah. Uh, anyways, um, shout out Vegas. That was fun. Uh, except for almost dying. Uh, so yeah, it's one of the other things. What's up? <laughs> Nothing. Go ahead. All right. Uh, I just wanted to get into some of the musicians uh, and bands, obviously around alcohol culture and people that abuse alcohol. So we're gonna start with my boy Ozzy Osbourne, dude. Just fucking huge drug and alcohol problems, uh, and is now sober. Uh, but dude, fucking drank so much alcohol and partied so hard. <laughs> Surprised, still alive. Shout out my boy Ozzy. I mean, and like we said with the wet brain, you could definitely tell that he has uh, <laughs> yeah. everlasting symptoms of his alcohol abuse. Yeah, I... It, well, mixed with yeah. pills and whatever else he was doing, but that that man's is not <laughs> okay. He's not okay. No, I, yeah, I completely agree. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's... It's impressive. He's alive. It, well, it's and obviously this is sad. The, this is the him. thing I really wanted to talk about with culture is people like him. People look up to him, right? So, right. Uh, so, so that's the thing is it influences a very young generation to be like, oh my gosh, I want to be a rock star, right? I want to, I want to be a part of the pop culture or the pop uh, scene. I want to pop bottles at a club. I want to be a rock star drinking all these drinks, all this whiskey backstage and doing all this cocaine. And it influences people to start drinking at a really young age. I know it did me. I, like, I, I listened to all these people like Ozzy Osbourne and stuff growing up. And it, it influences you to drink at a very young age. Yeah, exactly, dude. Uh, yeah, I mean, a lot, like what we were saying earlier, a lot of people, their first, their first time getting drunk was at like age 14. A lot of people got, you know, that was their first drug was alcohol. And, you know, just getting drunk when they're younger and stuff. Because, I mean, it's what's crazy is alcohol is illegal to drink if you're under the age of uh, 21, unless you're with family. And yeah, if, you're with your say, yeah. if you're with your immediate family, it's legal for them to give you alcohol as long as you stay home and you're with them. Which yeah. is, well, so that's, that's the weird part about the U.S. laws, right? Is that alcohol is actually legal to ingest in a private setting no matter what age you are. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Purchasing alcohol. Church. Yeah. Purchasing alcohol is illegal. It's the same thing with drugs, right? If you're caught with drugs on you, you that's illegal. But doing drugs drugs, in you is yeah. Putting drugs in your body is not illegal. Yeah, that's a good point. Unless you get caught ingesting them. Ingesting in public. Yeah. I see. Okay. If like a cop can't get a warrant based on an idea that. 
you may be smoking meth in your home. If you to smoke, bust their, to come into your home, you know what I mean. If you smoke yeah, meth at home and go out in public, you're not breaking any laws. Other no, than they could get than, you for like disorderly if you're exactly crazy. being uh, intoxicated in public. Is right. Like, in right. certain cities and counties, it's a thing. But yeah, yeah not Vegas. No, it's, no, exactly. Right. So that's <laughs> the, that's the weird part. Right. Is like. Uh, People smoke cannabis in Oregon and California and Colorado just openly wherever they want because they think that because it's recreationally legal, like you can go buy it in the store, that you can use it wherever you want. But it's the same kind of thing as alcohol uh, in most cities, states, counties, whatever, that like if you buy it from the 7-Eleven, you have to take it home and drink it. You are not allowed to drink alcohol in public. Bam. Makes no sense to me, but whatever. No, yeah, yeah. it's ridiculous. Why can you go to uh, Las Vegas, Nevada, and or or Bourbon Street in New Orleans and drink alcohol that you were buying from a store, and be outside around children? But yet, in other states and counties, you can't even fucking bring your kid into a certain restaurant or bar or whatever because of the fact that alcohol is being served to adults legally. Right. Like that, it just doesn't make any sense. Ron it makes White, zero sense, dude. Ron White has a really funny joke. He he talks about getting arrested for drunk in public when he was like, he said he got thrown out of a bar for being too drunk. But he was like, no, I was drunk in the bar. You guys arrested me when they threw me out of the bar. Now I'm drunk in public. I was drunk in that bar. Now I'm in public. Oh, that's funny. So it's <laughs> the bar's get, fault. Did he dude. get away with it? No, he got arrested. <laughs> <laughs> Classic. That's yeah. fucked, actually. <laughs> Shout out Ron White, dude. That guy's the man. Yeah. <laughs> Blue collar comedy, dude. All my homies are Ron White. No. What? Dude, fuck you, Micah. You're not my homie. <laughs> you don't even know who I he is. I had to throw it in. Come you on. You don't even know who he is. Ron no, White's the man, dude. All I know it's is like, that he's Ron and he's white. No, it's like Jeff oh Foxworthy, God. Larry the Cable Guy, dude. Blue collar comedy. This shit's so funny. Wait, isn't yeah, that the definitely. guy that fucking has hella propaganda? You know you're a redneck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you're mowing your lawn with your Ron shirt White, off with dude. a 12-ounce beam, bro. <laughs> fuck you, Micah. Micah Brandes. You fucking well, shut Ryan the fuck up. Ryan. No one knows my last name. <laughs> Ryan. Dude, we've said we your name multiple times. We should uh, talk about some movies and things. Yeah, I do want to. I'm not done with the music portion since I literally mentioned one person. So I do want to finish that really quick, just very briefly. Uh, so uh, I want to talk about fucking um, Keith Moon from The Who, drummer of The Who, died at age 32 from destroying his body from alcohol. Uh, oh, yeah. But some of the party culture around The Who and Keith Moon. They were very notorious for destroying hotel rooms and just having gnarly parties. Often would be throwing TVs off balconies because he thought it was funny. Uh, and using cherry bombs to blow up toilets. And there's a, uh, there's a story that uh, Paul, uh, Pete Townsend, uh, the guitarist for The Who, said. Uh, he was just like, yeah, we were, we were leaving our hotel room on our way to like the airport or, or something like that. And Keith is like, hold on, we got to go back to the hotel. We got to go back to the hotel. And they're like, oh, okay, like he forgot something or whatever. So they go back to the hotel. They're chilling in the parking lot. All of a sudden, a TV just comes crashing out of a fucking window <laughs> or off a balcony. And he jumps, he comes down, jumps in the car. He's like, oh, I almost forgot. <laughs> Which is like, what a fucking savage. <laughs> so Keith Moon, shout out Keith Moon. And then I want to shout out John Bonham, Zeppelin, 
drummer of Zeppelin. I don't know what it is with drummers and drinking tons of alcohol, but it's a thing, I guess. So, uh, John Bonham died 1980, I believe, uh, from drinking around 40 servings of alcohol. They didn't say whether it was beer or what it was. John Bonham was notorious for just drinking tons of alcohol and ended up killing him because his body went into, uh, basically was trying to throw up all the alcohol and he ended up choking on his vomit, uh, in his sleep and dying. So I guess, uh, not necessarily died from alcohol, but still kind of, uh, so RIP, both of those dudes want to shout out Billy Idol, uh, was staying in a hotel in Bangkok, Thailand for three weeks nonstop partied and refused to leave. The military had to come in and shoot him with the tranquilizer dart oh and remove him from the premise yeah. because he refused to leave and refused to stop partying. So, shout Savage. out to that guy. <laughs> uh, next dude, Duff McKagan from Guns N' Roses. He's a bass player. Uh, would routinely drink half a gallon of vodka a day and then eventually realized that was bad for him. Switched his health to 10 bottles of red wine a day, which he thought was healthier, which we discussed earlier is actually not. I mean, it has some health benefits, but is really not healthier than drinking. I mean, drinking any sort of alcohol is not healthy, as we discussed earlier. So, but 10 bottles of red wine a day, it's insane. Like, it's like, yeah, I'm being healthier. Like, instead of drinking a half gallon of fucking vodka, like, you know. Damn, my max was only two. Yeah, I've... I can't imagine drinking over two bottles of wine by yourself. That's insane. Well, yeah. I mean, let's just not talk about the beginning of lockdown. Yeah. I I mean, dude, I can't talk because I fucking was drinking like three quarters of a bottle of tequila a day. So, uh, Yeah. Yeah, I don't understand these people's tolerances. Like, I don't feel like I've ever like gained a tolerance to alcohol. So I don't don't understand it. It's because you have a normal job. They're also doing coke and shit though. Yeah, well, and you have yeah, a, you exactly. have like a normal job. Like you're not you don't spend your entire day from like sunrise to sundown like just drinking. Like that's not what these guys the were doing. At the beginning of quarantine, yeah, like, I didn't have a job. That's actually like, like that's like one of the hardest parts about like artists, right? And like musicians, performers, like any of those people who like do make their money from entertainment. Entertainment usually starts around like what nine p.m. Right? It goes yeah. till about you know four a.m. typically, and so yeah. it's like plus an after party. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like these people that work these jobs because, and only two days. Yeah, like because a week. They're, they're performers. Like a lot of, I feel like why they get so heavily into these substances is because they're just, as you talked about with like the Stones. I mean, the amount of money that they budgeted just for was it the Stones or was it? Uh, it was uh, so many of those bands, but yeah, the Stones are one of them. Right, they, like that, like just budgeting for the cocaine, right? Budgeting yeah. for alcohol, like the those types of bands, those people, like when they don't have a real job, not a real job. Sorry, that's so rude. Um, yeah, what out. the fuck, it's dude? Honestly, um, a harder job than uh, than anything I do. I would say no, absolutely. Having to constantly create and constantly perform and constantly yeah. put on a good show is like. So difficult, and it's it's honestly very straining, and that's what leads these people to uh, such heavy substance abuse. Yeah, which yeah, we talked exactly. about in the fentanyl episode of how many people are literally physically worn down and have to take painkillers or whatever to just get through a show. Like it's so physically demanding uh, yeah. and mentally demanding, just going on the road, being gone for months at a time from your house, like. 
Certainly not an easy thing. So, Micah, you're a real piece of shit for saying that. Uh, you should probably burn in hell. You freaking antichrist. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyways, sorry. <laughs> I apologize. At least so I have rude. a fucking soul. God damn. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, I just want to talk about some of the other deaths uh, around alcohol. Um, people that have died from from that. Shout out my boy, Ron Pigpen McKernan, the Grateful Dead. One oh. of the found, co-founders Rip. of the Grateful Dead. Rip. Died at 27, part of the 27 Club. Uh, he, As we all will be. Yeah, uh, eventually, you know, that's drinking right, out you of guys cups. Have, wait, you guys have two more years left. Uh, I got one more. I have less than a year left, oh, dude. Oh, shit. Yeah, right, yeah, I know. Ryan's coming up. Yeah, right, peace I out, gotta, Ryan. Love you. Yeah, see you. Love you too, man. Yeah, you guys heard it here first, dude. Gonna be dead at 27. Uh, All yeah, of us. At least we have you recorded, you know. Micah, oh, you have whole two point years of, of recording alone, so uh, yeah. I'd hate to be you. Yeah, yeah, yeah Micah, you're gonna have I'm to. Not, I'm I'm not gonna die. I'm actually like smart and. <laughs> what the fuck dude I thought we all agreed to this I thought it was dude, the end of the podcast this is all bullshit dude you're a bitch no dude. fuck you all God damn I'm, gonna, it, I'm the one that's I, I'm like Bam Margera with Jackass I'm gonna actually make all the money from this and I'm gonna end up suing you guys we talked about this right because you guys caused me to be a drug addict <laughs> Yeah. So yeah. whenever you guys die, uh-huh. I get everything you ever earned because. Uh, well, that's fine. We'll be dead. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. You can sue me for whatever you want. Once I'm dead, dude, sue me. You can fucking. <laughs> well, you don't understand. We all signed a prenup. For Any amount of. Cups. <laughs> <laughs> Any amount of money I get from this, I'm spending on N64 games, and they're expensive as shit. So oh my god. Nothing. Oh, well, at least I'll have a bunch of games when you're gone. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, guitars so, I'll never play. <laughs> gonna be dead at 27, uh, just like Ron Pigpen McKernan of the Grateful Dead. He basically drank himself to death just constantly. And uh, the last year of his life, I think he was sober, but um, just drank himself into just fucking death. Uh, Mac Miller, we talked about him. Fentanyl, cocaine, and alcohol was in his system. Not a good mix. Amy Winehouse, alcohol poisoning. Another 27 club died at 27. Jeez, uh, really? Just literally the, the mood died. down here. All these deaths. Yeah. So, uh, you know, just I'm not going to end it on that note. I want to talk about some of the musicians and you know bands that own and have collaborated in alcohol products uh, because it's so prevalent in those cultures. Fifty Cent, dude. Fifty oh, yeah. Cent, Cactus dude. Drink, bro. Live yeah. mission. <laughs> uh, 50 Cent does have an alcohol that I can't remember what it's called. Um, Wait, uh, is it Ciroc? It might no, be that's Ciroc. Diddy. No, know. Diddy is Ciroc. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, right. Um, I can't remember. Let me just look it up. I can't remember what 50 Cent's. Uh, <laughs> right on the. 50 Cent uh, alcohol is called F. And- <laughs> okay, yeah. So, um, yeah. so 50 Cent has uh, F and vodka. Diddy has Ciroc. Snoop Dogg has his own form of wine. Bob Dylan has Heaven's Door Whiskey. Metallica has a beer collab uh, with Stone Brewing called Enter Night. Metallica also has uh, a blackened whiskey. Fergie has Ferguson Crest wine. Make America Fergalicious again. I've been saying it for fucking weeks now, dude. Make America Fergalicious again, MAFA. Uh, The Rolling Stones did a uh, collab with Jose Cuervo. Uh, The Foo Fighters got Foo Town Lager. And Jimmy Buffett has his own tequila. 
So many people have their own fucking alcohols. It's how prevalent it is in pop culture. It is what it is, you know. Uh, that's kind of where I'm going to end it on just culture. And, uh, you know. Yeah. Shout out um, alcohol, dude. And I guess we could just kind of say that there has been countless movies uh, glorifying alcohol. like Oh, the yeah. Hangover, the Hangover. The Hangover 2. <laughs> I have not seen The Hangover 2. I, I'm assuming it's bad. It's pretty uh, good. <laughs> it's Hangover good? Hangover 3? Yeah, dude. They go to fucking Thailand, dude. They go to Bangkok. They get lost in Bangkok. Sounds stupid. <laughs> uh, it's pretty dumb, actually. No, but th- th- there's uh, what what was that? Project X, the, the oh, party yeah. movie where there's a bunch of ecstasy and alcohol and things yeah, like people that. People tried yeah, to just, recreate that as an actual thing like multiple times. Wow. Uh, yeah, there's just been countless movies over time. Uh, name one more. Oh, fucking uh, Dukes of Hazard, the movie. <laughs> No. <laughs> I mean, that's all about moonshining. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't... There's, Dude, alcohol is such a big thing in every fucking movie ever, dude. It's it's in every film. Like, Yeah. You know, uh, it's, it's such a wide range of things to talk about that we could be here for like five more hours talking about pop culture and movies and all, all the different forms of entertainment that involve alcohol. It's... We'd be here for days. So. Yeah. So so instead of doing that, we should probably talk a, a little bit about harm reduction. Um, so when it comes to harm reduction, it isn't only talking about the harm of ingesting the substance itse- itself. It is also talking about the actions that it can lead you into. And I'm going to kind of mix this harm reduction corner with some personal experiences and things that I've learned from. Uh, because being someone who has been a user of alcohol, I've had a lot of experiences that the alcohol itself wasn't the danger. It was the actions it led me into. So when ingesting alcohol, you have a sense of I cannot get hurt. Right, I, 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 I could do anything I want, and and you don't understand the consequences of your actions. And I'm not gonna fucking harp too bad on this. I don't want to sound like a hypocrite at all. So everybody knows, like, the dangers of being stupid on alcohol. People get hit by cars all the time. I got I have a a buddy who got <laughs> he, he was riding his bike drunk, got hit by a car got knocked over, he stood up and yelled, now we're even, bitch, and <laughs> rode away on his <laughs> bike and ran off and had like, he like got hit by the car. Oh was so God. drunk, he popped up and yelled, now we're even, bitch, which is just <laughs> the most absurd reaction ever. <laughs> <laughs> what? Makes no sense. But like me personally, you know, I, I've gotten super drunk and my tendency when I get drunk is I want to climb up on stuff. I want to climb a tree, <laughs> I want to climb a building. I want to do all these things. And so many Shout times- Shout out that I've bar found- in Eugene. <laughs> what? Shout out that bar in Eugene. Which one? Did I climb on a roof in Eugene? The one that you climbed up the pipes and fell off of? Oh, 
No, this wasn't in Eugene. So this is actually oh. one of the stories I was going to talk about. My so bad. I have found myself on many roofs. That's why I had the question, did I climb a roof in Eugene? <laughs> it's possible. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> so there's a little town called Silverton, Oregon. And all the buildings in the downtown are connected. And I was like, oh, I'm going to get up on one of those roofs while we're at the bar. And I went outside and I climbed up uh, a storm drain (laughs) and I got on the roof and I had an excellent time up there by myself. No one would follow me because they're all a bunch of cowards. And I was jumping from roof to roof, having just the time of my life. And I climbed back down and I tell everyone in the bar, I'm like, come out here. It's easy to get up. Let's like go up on the roofs. Like it's, this is awesome. And this is not a town you really want to do that in. It's a small town in Oregon. Bad, bad scenario. Anyway, uh, I, I, and then my girlfriend comes out of the bar and I'm like, look how easy it is. I'll show you. And I'm climbing up the same storm pipe I climbed up originally. And r- these buildings are tall. If you know Oregon, you know old tall buildings. And right as I'm at the top, the freaking pipe snaps at the very top, top of the freaking thing. And she watches me fall from the very top of this building all the way down to the concrete on my back. How many, how many feet do you think this was? Feet? I don't know. Maybe 20. Oh my God. Just straight like, on your back. F- like probably 15 to 20 feet. Oh my God. Like the very old. Because it was, it was two stories, but it's like two very old stories. Right, you know what yeah. I mean. So I, stories. Yeah, so I snap all the way down to my back, and in my mind, immediately I'm like, "Well, I just alerted everyone in the bar inside. Everyone had to have heard this. <laughs> I just broke their shit." As I'm falling, I'm thinking all this, and I pop up, and I'm like, and my girlfriend's yelling at me, "Are you okay? Are you okay?" She just watched me fall off a building. And I'm just, I pop up and I just look at her and I yell, run. And I just start booking it as fast as I can. And I booked it all the way back to the house we were staying at. And the next day I was feeling that heavy. And and honestly, thanks to the alcohol, I probably, like my system was more relaxed and less rigid. Like if you know anything about the survivors of uh, like parachuting accidents or car accidents of people who are drunk. People who are drunk are less likely to get injured in a car accident because their bodies are more limp. So when they get in the impact, they're not tensing up. They don't have the reaction time to tense up and that breaks your bones. It injures you more. And the people who have fallen out of airplanes and survived typically uh, lose consciousness in the air and they hit the ground with more of a rubbery kind of impact than someone who would be tensing up ready for impact. So luckily, thanks to the fact that I was drunk, I didn't get injured the same way that maybe someone who is sober and falls off a ladder could paralyze themselves. So it's just, it's small things like that. The actions you can take while you're drunk can be the biggest danger of injury uh, when it comes to consuming alcohol rather than the consumption of alcohol itself. Yet, there have been countless accounts of people dying from hazing rituals in college. Um, with It's like you have to drink X amount or butt chug or do whatever. There have been countless uh, uh, stories of people dying. So that is a huge, huge thing to think about when 
talking about harm reduction, I guess, harm reduction with alcohol is hard. People drink alcohol. You could buy it at a store. I guess the biggest thing is just, we say this in every episode, it's be safe, but it's like, what is being safe? It's limiting your risk factors of dying, I guess. I don't know. Micah, do you have anything to say? About uh, harm reduction at all? Because I yeah, I mean I don't know. I'm reckless and I, I I'm bad at it. Uh, it's kind of part of what I was like saying earlier, right? It's just like when it comes down to alcohol, just please don't like you know and ingest other substances with alcohol um, that act uh, in the brain the same way as alcohol uh, because they similar to like what we had talked about in previous episodes. If you take one drug and you add another drug onto it, if they act similarly on the brain it's likely that there the effect you're going to get is even more pronounced than you would have gotten with either chemical at whatever dose it was initially um so um when drinking in public with your friends or whatever right um i'd say the biggest thing is to just really be wary of whatever you ingest afterwards. Um, and actually there's one of the big things that I could mention is there's actually a lot of like uh, resources that people could find on the internet where if you look up drug interactions between alcohol and other substances, you'll find lists of things that say, you know, uh, be cautious about, but also like be super cautious about because it's a severe interaction. Um, again, the ones we talked about earlier, which were benzos, uh, barbiturates, opioids, um, they act on the brain in a very similar fashion as alcohol. And so taking the same dose of alcohol that you would normally take and then taking the same dose of maybe a prescribed medication that you have, like oxycodone or Xanax or something, uh, with the alcohol uh, is going to end up being a much stronger effect on your body and brain than it would have been normally without those two things. So with that, uh, I think that that's the first, you know, most important thing for people with alcohol is to just make sure that you're not ingesting other substances that act similar to alcohol in the body. Um, as well as, um, you'll always hear the know your limit phrase, right? I don't like that phrase at all. Um, because you can't physically know how much alcohol you're able to ingest and process effectively um, at a specific rate. It's just not possible. Like, you can't do experiments on your body that way. It also depends um, on, like, what you ate that day and yeah, exactly. know, how tired no. you are, stuff like that. No, exactly. And, and how much water you have, right? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, yeah. how hydrated you are. Um, you know, you go drinking a bunch of fucking liquor in Las Vegas— with uh, no water for four days, you might end up with pancreatitis. Okay. Wow. Um, That's okay. But it's a, it's part yeah. of the harm reduction. Yeah, thanks for calling me out like that. Oh, yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I guess Did that part happen of the harm to reduction. you? Yeah. yeah, that happened to me. Oh, my God. <laughs> I had pancreatitis from uh, pancreatitis or, yeah, right? Pancreatitis? I have no idea. Uh, yeah, I was in Vegas for four days and didn't drink any water and drank a bunch of alcohol because I was winning at the craps table. <laughs> and then I got back to, to Bend 
And my stomach bloated out like a freaking hot air balloon. And I couldn't walk or couldn't move. And I went to the hospital and they ran my liver enzymes and everything. And I had pancreatitis. Oh my God. And it was one of the most painful things I've ever encountered. But I mean, luckily, I was like young and, you know, I hadn't done any massively permanent damage to my body. I rebounded, you know, drank tons of water, didn't drink alcohol for a while. And then, uh, you know, I haven't had anything like that since. So how old were you when this happened? I don't know, like 15. No, No, like 22. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, Well, damn, dude. Glad you're still alive. Uh, That's fuck. Yeah. I mean, that's how... um, that's the same disease that, uh, or is it a disease or is it just like a reaction? I don't know. But um, I don't know. It's not a disease that you can kind of cure it. Kevin cure Barnett, it. Bird Luger, that's what he died from. RIP Bird, Bird Luger. Died Damn, from dude. Pancreatitis. That's not tight. It's no, not <laughs> tight. Don't uh, fucking wow. push yourself. Yeah. Hard. I would just, yeah, just be fucking careful and just you know know that what may affect you one day may not affect you the same the next day or you know a week later or you know it kind of just right and 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 if you know anyone struggling from alcohol addiction and honestly if you want to hit me up on instagram and have someone to talk to about alcohol addiction feel free uh hit us up at the drinking out of cups podcast uh Instagram, and then um, I'll talk to you directly. I will help you, you know, with your alcohol problem because, you know, I've struggled with it too. And, uh, you know, we all go through shit. If you need someone to talk to, you know, we're always here. We're part of the community. We want, you know, we want to be part of the community. So we want to help people, you know, um, we all struggle with everything. So hit us up. On the Instagram, if you need someone to talk to, we'll get you sources or even just, you know, talk to you, give you advice. We're, don't yeah. be strangers to us. I feel um, like what the three of us have done a good job in the past year about trying to, you know, s- slow down on our alcohol consumption. Um, I know, you know, me, you, I, I think all three of us uh, took a, a break for a long time because during, you know, the first parts of COVID, we were all drinking very heavy amounts and uh, I mean so far this year the only amount of alcohol that I've drank to actually get drunk was Vegas like a couple weeks ago so um, yeah I'll admit I went from the age of probably 16 to 25 the longest I went without drinking was probably a week and now uh, I just recently I went 120 days without drinking, and now I'm not dependent Fuck on yeah. alcohol anymore. And now I don't view it as a necessary evil. So, uh, as someone who has struggled with like dependency, you know, reach out if you need someone to talk to. Reach out to us. Uh, Definitely. You know, we've all we've all struggled with dependency, and so hit us up. Yeah, yeah, we're, we are more than willing to help uh, anyone. <clears throat> find the resources that they may need. Oregon is really doing a great job at this um, with treating mental health um, and addiction and stuff. So, yeah, uh, just like Raven said, 
Have you got any anyone, any family members, friends, or yourself? Uh, we're not. We're never going to mention anyone's names, obviously. Yeah, um, we won't dox you. <laughs> it's just something True. that is. Yeah. It's something to think about, and uh, especially with the pandemic, we've seen a high increase in alcohol use disorder. So, um, yeah, yeah. Don't feel alone in this because you're not. Nobody is. Everyone's doing it. So, yeah. if Everyone you if you feel like your if you feel like your consumption is too much that you're comfortable for, then reach out to somebody. And if you don't have anyone to reach out to, reach out to us because we will we'll we'll talk to you. We like you guys. We like our listeners. Yeah, yeah. I agree. It's never uh, never too late to want to you know get healthier or you know change your habits. So um, no, it's never too late. Yeah. Got to be on that grind. Um, Yeah. Anyway, so I hope you enjoyed the alcohol episode. This is, uh, this is, this is it. I'm sure in the future we will do, (laughs) put your fucking shirt on. (laughs) Dude, it's fucking hot in here. I'm taking my shirt off, dude. It is hot. It is hot. Uh, uh, I, I, we're going to do an episode in the future where we talk about specifically the history, but that's going to take all three of us researching super heavy. So if you came here just for the history, I'm sorry. I feel like we covered the general basis of alcohol very well, but in the future, we will talk just specifically about the history. But for now, this was the episode on alcohol. If you want to reach out to us, it's our Instagram. It's drinking out of cups underscore podcast right yeah yeah Uh, okay drinking drinking out of cups (laughs) underscore podcast um you can find me at uh raven two turnt on youtube and i think instagram i think my instagram's the same and listen to our our spotify playlists of every drug that we cover they're really good ryan puts them together with the help of us and they're really freaking good uh, Thanks, dude. It really gets you in the mindset of the drug we're talking about. And yeah, I'm going to try to be better favorite. about having them also be released on the same days of the podcast so people can listen to the podcast and then uh, immediately, if they want to, listen to a playlist afterwards uh, based on the podcast. I know I've been slacking, but since I got the Kobe wovey dude, the COVID, I'm trying to fucking use this time to get some shit done, so... Hell yeah. And Micah, you have anything you want to shout out? No, not necessarily. Just if you're interested in some of that, you know, trippy, trippy bass music, check out Resting Potential underscore music uh, on Instagram or SoundCloud Resting Potential. So Fuck that's, yeah. that's the beats. All right. Dude, and we love you guys. Hard. Thank you so much for listening. And stay tuned for many, 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 many,